I don't get why I want to play multiplayer video games. Every single time I get like into a multiplayer video game, I'm given that like window into people's lives via team chat. That just makes me go, why would I want to talk to anyone ever? Like, wh who wants this? Who wants to play games that make me interact with not just strangers, but total strangers? Mm-hmm. Get to have that, like, brief moment of, oh, so this kid does fight with his mom a lot. <sighs> just beyond that, like, kids being little shits, whatever kind of thing, like, squeakers will be squeakers. It's like, when the baby is crying in the background, I'm doing a Destiny raid, you want to be like, Hey, um, you 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 wanna check on that kid I hear in the background? No, my wife's got it. Said mm -hmm. that ten minutes ago. Wife hasn't gotten it yet. Yep. We can pause. You you sure you don't want to go check on that kid? No, it's cool. Let me put this a different way. We're all sick of hearing your fucking kid cry. Go check on your kid, motherfucker. <laughs> We're all sick of this shit. Make it do a stop it. I don't care how you make it go on mute. Just mute it. Mm-hmm. Or mute yourself. I'm fine with both of these outcomes. I, I'm always also a fan of a person that's playing, like, music in the background and has a shitty mic, so you get, like, every three seconds of the music and oh, then, man. like, won't believe you when they're like, we can hear your music, turn it off. How do you know it's me? Because <laughs> the rest of us told you to turn <laughs> it off. This is hilarious because I always played League of Legends. And I was always on Skype, but I always knew the people who I was playing with, like, personally. So the, like, I never, or, I had a friend base that didn't do this bullshit, and the, like, random VoIP terror days were, like, that was some Team Fortress 2 Counter-Strike shit, like, my, my days way previous of video games and massive multi-online that, for some reason, League of Legends didn't have the problems of. And I completely forgot that this bullshit can totally happen. It's gotten worse because, like, we're all kind of okay with it. But then you have me who's like, no, fucking be a human being. Well, it's also the demographic that's playing video games now is so different from when, like, when I was playing Counter-Strike, the only people playing were, like, you know, 17-year-olds and, like, 15-year-olds and, like, kids who were in high school or college. Now it's, like, people who have graduated college and now have, um, you know, kids and stuff like that, like, this level of stuff wasn't a problem when uh, we were playing video games like that. I I think my least favorite thing is the fact that I know what a bong hit sounds like through headset now. Oh yeah, you have to you have to put up with that one. I I think that's my least favorite because like someone always denies it. That's their coffee. I don't know what like, who's that sound. You, you <laughs> coffee McGuire. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Wicked Awesome Cast, episode 81. We're back down to two people because Alex is off at a um, Crocs exhibition or showcase or something. You know, Crocs, those super fashionable shoes. But as always, I'm Charlie, a.k.a. Mordak, a.k.a. Mordak916, or other nicknames. I don't fucking know at this point. I'm Mordak on almost everything. And I'm joined <laughs> by Jeff, as usual, a.k.a. Invader Gurr. Yep. This is the Wicked Awesome Cast, official podcast of Something Wicked Studios. It's a video game podcast. But more importantly, welcome to the Halloween special. Jeff's favorite podcast of the year. 
Woohoo! Yep, also one of my favorite times of the year. Yeah. Also, it's dawning on me kind of the... I listen to a lot of podcasts in my spare time, and most of them announce what the podcast is about or what it does at the front. And we're just so professional that we do none of that fucking shit. It's about video games and whatever yeah. else we talk about. Yeah. Unlike lots of other podcasts, we have a consistent theme every week that we kind of attach to. Well, I even even ones with consistent themes explain like what the podcast is about. Um, I don't want to yeah, ruin no. the mystery. <laughs> we all right. It, it makes it harder for us to do surprise podcasts where you know we just go on it on and on and off about something completely random um something yeah. we are never done before I, and are completely unheard of to do i it's i listen to a couple very structured podcasts and i listen to even more not so structured podcasts and i understand the appeal of the highly structured podcast i do believe some personality gets lost when you're really sticking to like a pre-rendered script of some kind like and there's some room for variation but it's weird, like, I watch YouTube stuff occasionally for, like, if I want a script, I want YouTube. I want there to be a little kind of give and flow, kind of some agility on your thinking when it comes to a podcast, though. It's why I'm not a big fan of, like, the serial or the more, like, professional level stuff where it's like, oh, we're going to talk about this one topic for an hour. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's great. Does it get mm -hmm. weird, or do you guys just, like, talk about this for an hour? No, just this for an hour. I can go, I, mean, I, I can read Wikipedia too, guys. <laughs> I see. Say, I've seen a lot of as well where a lot of them will almost do like a uh, there's a host and then the rest of the podcast just kind of chimes in where they have like yeah. one person whose job is to quarter the conversation and make it logical and move in a direction. And I don't know if any of the three of us actually have that kind of wherewithal and mental focus and drive to keep this podcast on track. Uh, based purely on the number, like the percentage that is me talking in these podcasts versus not. I'd probably technically qualify as the host, but yeah, yeah. And if you if you want to want that moniker, I'll let you do I it. Don't. You, you try and rein me in. I, Good luck. I, I, don't, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I do have technically more bits than the other two of you, but mm -hmm. nah, it's just because I, I I run something with studios. I guess I run this too, but yeah, we it's it's a joint effort, if you will. Yep. It's a joint fiasco. Yeah. It takes a team to make a train wreck this powerful. Anyone can crash a train. It takes a truly talented group of idiots to crash trains. Oh, yes. It, it, not just, like, the one. Derail, derailing it completely, like, into an orphanage that's, like, got a school bus of, like, the completely gifted, like, we, we are some true massacre-style destruction. Yeah. We Society are. is worse off because of Oh, yeah, of no, us. that's a... Every week this podcast continues, society continues to worsen. Yep. Like, a mat, we, we would have flying cars and shit. Um, what's his name? The guy who owns Tesla would have us on the fucking Elon moon Musk. by now. Yeah, Musk would have us on the moon by now if it wasn't for us. I'm actively out there just shit-talking him outside of his building. Yeah, that's, that's how I spend my days. Dragging <laughs> Elon Musk down. You are the Elon Musk heckler? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a I, wait a minute i thought calling out celebrities was uh alex's bit <laughs> i have weird beef with elon musk actually like in real life and podcast i guess like he occasionally does some stuff i'm like that's great now make a practical version mm -hmm. oh i made these solar panel flooring tiles cool now make one that doesn't cost a thousand dollars a panel mm-hmm 
I mean, that does tend to be his marketing strategy. Yeah. Like, verbatim. I've, it's one of those ones where I'm like, no, no, you're obviously one of the smartest fuckers ever, and you employ the smartest fuckers that aren't you. Like, how about you fix some shit every once in a while? If you stopped fucking blowing up failed uh, rockets, maybe we could spend some of that money fixing some shit. Or just, like, light a million dollars on fire for me to watch. Either one is better than, like, oh, we blew up another rocket. Well, that's his money to spend how he chooses. But. Yeah, I I don't know. I guess when you have that much, part of me is like, no, no, you're not allowed to make any more money, and you're now responsible for, like, if you're going to pretend to care about the environment, you actually have to fucking care about the environment. Like, you have to Al Gore that shit. You can't make electric cars that are luxury. You have to make them for, like, the Toyota Accord crowd. You know that's coming, right? It's been coming for how long? Uh, like, it's supposed to be out in, like, six months or something. Yeah, it's been, like... com- it's been coming for a long time, though, too. And I'm not saying the availability of the Accord. I'm just saying it should cost as much. It's moving that way. Yeah, <laughs> just not fast enough. <laughs> Don't you have a lot of demands to make (laughs) of this man? I do! Like I said, I have weird... All this man did was make the... Invent the Tesla. What what is he... But what has he done for society? Get us off of internal combustion engines. This may also be... I live in LA and see enough assholes with the fancy Teslas everywhere that I'm like... (laughs) We get it. You have money. What? All that aside, <laughs> how was your week? <laughs> not bad. I did not do anything video game related. I, I guess. Oh I wow, kinda, you sound like me. I, I this is how sad <laughs> my. So if I, I rewind some, like the probably the highlight of since last podcast was I went to an Adirondack Thunder hockey game, checking out that strong ECHL East Conference, or obviously because ECHL. League hockey. Mm-hmm. For those confused, I'm watching like the bottom of the minor league hockey when I go see the CHL game. It's its own type of beautiful garbage. So the benefit of that is people in the ECHL are so desperate to get up to AAA, they're willing to fight anyone. Yeah, um, I did not get any fights. We had some almost fights, but so I got to watch the Adirondack Thunder take on the uh, Manchester Royalty who I found out only after arriving are, like, the bottom farm tier for the L.A. Kings. And I found huh. this out by they look exactly like the L.A. Kings with a different logo on them. And I'm wearing yep. my L.A. Kings hat there. And just looks I got. I'm like, sorry? Yeah, how dare you like the opposing team? I don't even like the opposing team. I just live in L.A. and wearing the Kings hat when I'm on the road for periods <laughs> of time makes my girlfriend happy. Like, it's not yep. a bad-looking hat. I mean, honestly, as well, over here in New England, like, I've met, like, one or two L.A. Kings fans, and it's absolutely this moment of, like, there is no animosity between us yeah. and your group. It's, it's like, perfectly safe. Yep, it is okay to not like or dislike you. Yeah, this is probably really we, can, we both agree that Jonathan Quick is great. Yeah, he, he's, a, he's a talented goalie. Yes. You guys got Luchik at one point, didn't you? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, I love some garbage level hockey. Like, there's something, 
truly wonderful about rolling up to the box office 10 minutes before the game and getting dead center ice glass seats for 20 bucks. <laughs> so you should come to one of my practices then. <laughs> I'm not going to practice, but like public skate. Yeah. This is definitely that fine line between like, am I just watching a beer league that got really nice jerseys by accident? <laughs> it's just the world's nicest beer league. Yeah, that's what that's that, that's why I love garbage level hockey. It's like it's like I don't know. It's like this is even really a sport at this point. Like this is truly some terrible hockey. Like Jimmy and his kids are better at it than this. And they fall more. Hmm. But yeah, that's that's the highlight, I guess. I I broke down and try, I finally tried out VRV, which is one of the many streaming services out there. If you're a fan of the anime and already have Crunchyroll or are thinking about getting Crunchyroll, it's worth checking out because it's made by Crunchyroll and a subscription to VRV gets you a premium membership to Crunchyroll, it turns out. Are you talking about Verve? VRV? Yes. I think it's pronounced Verve. I don't fucking know. I've never heard anyone say it before me. Yeah, I think it's called Verve. Sure. I watched it because it has Harmon Quest on it, and I've been wanting to check that shit out for a while. Oh, Harmon Quest is awesome. Yeah, Harmon Quest is great. I've watched all of Harmon Quest now. I'm, I'm up to date on that. Like, mm-hmm. that that show hey, that, that show is a yeah. Sorry, go. It's either it's either get Verve or CISO to get that one. I got Verve because I get CISO as a member as a by by getting Verve I get CISO. Mm-hmm. Kind of like by getting Verve I get bunch of other shit too i get like rooster teeth premium as part of that package mm-hmm. which i'm never going to use but now i rooster teeth first sure whatever it's called yep i have it yeah i I use it for the bonus content not to actually watch things a day early i i'm using it to watch helsing ultimate and Harmon quest so i'm like this is a good investment <laughs> nice this is not this the is... worst choice i've made yeah. It's good that you get Verve out of it, because the thing is, is at the end of the day with CISO, outside of Harbin Quest, I'm not sure what actually, like, worth having that gets you. Yeah, I, maybe check it out. I don't know. It's it's pretty cheap. I so And this is kind of why it's the sad reality of my week since the last podcast recording, is, like, I was on the bed here, because I'm like, eh, I'm tired. I've had a weird allergy. I had a horrible allergy attack since I got to um, New York, so part of my weekend was spent taking an irresponsible amount of antihistamines and letting that play out. Mm-hmm. But, like, it was me on the bed, like, with PS4 controller in hand so I can watch Verve on my TV in my hotel room being like, oh, I should play some video games. Eh, my PS4 is too far away. Well, I'm holding my fucking PS4 controller to, alt- to use the media functions. <laughs> it's one of those Twilight moments, like... I can't or I can't remember listening to a stand comedian who was talking about how like he travels so much that masturbating by himself has lost its edge. And you're having that exact same moment except it's video games. <laughs> yeah, that that's that, that that that's totally the same thing. This is more just I was so drugged out of my skull that I'm like, I should play video <laughs> games. I have to turn my PS4 on. Guess I'll keep watching Hulu through my PS4. <laughs> yeah, I not not a, not a great quest, but Harmon Quest is not a great look. Not quest. Uh, wow. Uh, yeah. No. I, I, 
I've been to check out Harmon Quest for a while because it's taken an idea I had at one point, which was, what if you just hired an animator to animate D&D games? And, hey, it turns out that idea's pretty fucking good. Hmm. That's what Harmon Quest is. And if you hire legitimate comedians, it turns out they're pretty decent at improv. I think the guests... I think the guests are the worst part of that show. I wasn't referring to them. Uh, Jeff is one of the guys from Whose Line Is It Anyway? And, um... Obviously, Dan Harmon's a comedian. I think Dan Harmon is the second worst part of that show. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I I think Harmon Quest would be better without Dan Harmon. Like, I if I, or... they've had guests on that show that I'm like, can we swap you from Dan Har- for Dan Harmon? Like, you're like the rare exception of a fantastic character for this. <laughs> yeah. It's a little grab bag when it comes to the guests, because there's also been guests that's like, can you just go home? <laughs> yeah. I I think they kind of maybe should do a better job of maybe explaining what's going on to some of the guests, but beyond that, it's, mm-hmm. it's a fantastic watch. I definitely enjoy it. I love how the jump between season one and season two is like, okay, yeah, Dan Harmon's the worst part of the reoccurring cast. Let's downplay him a little bit. All right. The other two are fucking great. Let's give Jeff his whole si- own so- whole side plot. Him and uh, the girl. I yeah. don't know her name. Yeah, I, I also like that the Dungeon Master's fantastic. Maybe it's the fact like Dan Harmon's fine, but compared to the other three constant cast members, it's like, nah, you're the weakest link. They mm-hmm. could do better. They've had guests on this show that were better than you. I'm assuming you know the story with his DM, right? Yeah. Okay. But I guess suspect our audience does not, so maybe tell them. Yeah. So or so Harmon Quest, the thing Charlie is describing in whole, I guess, is uh Dan Harmon, one of the co creators of Rick and Morty, has a D and D podcast that they animate and uh they have guest comedians on all the time. It's also got um one of the new guys from the uh from whose line is it anyway after they after the original British run? I don't know if he's in the American or how that plays out. I stopped watching Whose Line a long time ago and just started watching it on YouTube. Um and they uh have a DM that it was just at a convention. Dan Harmon decided he wanted to he's like, this QA is getting boring or something to that effect. Is that does is anyone here a dungeon master? And the guy who they have just raised his hand was like, uh, I DM'd earlier today and Dan was like, get up on stage. And it just kind of spiraled from there. And then this kid has become Dan Harmon's traveling dungeon master. And they do live shows and they record it. And it's great. It's yeah. funny. Harmon Quest is very much done as a TV show. Like the, there's an arc to each episode. Like not like most D&D campaigns that occasionally can spawn, sprawl across multiple sessions, but... Yeah, because don't they typically write in and out the guest? Yeah, typically the guest dies. Yes. <laughs> it, it is bad for your health to be the, the guest on that show. Well, yeah, it, like it, it's the most watered-down version of Pathfinder ever, as best I can tell, too. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's also, it's entirely Odyssey of the Mind so that they can draw it. Yeah. Or they can uh, animate it. That's occasionally going a little too far for my taste, but... Mm-hmm. Mostly I want for season three to the, them to do the um, Pathfinder and Space Star books, but... Oh, uh, Starfinder? Yeah, I want to play that, actually. 
that thing that that appeared to have some stuff going on. I found intriguing. Well, it's only got one book, so yeah, you're most find, of the way there already. You have to find a crew to play with still, which is hard in L.A. It shouldn't be, but it is. Huh? Yeah. That was like the one thing I found the program what was it group up or whatever meet up meet up. Yeah, that was like the one thing it was like fantastic for was uh, <laughs> finding D and D groups. Oh no, that's the issue. We have lots of D and D groups, but finding the right one is a problem because like. The majority of them are fucking hardcore D and D groups, like competitive D and D groups. And you're like, I just want to hang, maybe have a couple beers and like play. No, we're playing through this. We're playing through this campaign. Okay. I'd like to, I'd like to level up like once every or every other session. Yeah. I don't need to count the amount of XP every monster actually poops out. <laughs> we're running these set adventures. That doesn't sound like fun. Hmm. Bring your own dice. Okay. That, that okay, fine. I, I can do that. That is reasonable. <laughs> or it goes the opposite direction. It's like, so um, are we ever actually going to play the game ever? Yeah, man, right after the pizza gets here. We've ordered pizza four times, and you're just getting more and more stoned as the evening goes on. We're never actually playing, are we? Hmm? It's all about opening your mind, man. Aren't we already playing? No, we're not. I have not rolled dice. I have not interacted with an NPC. This is not playing the fucking game. Both of these evenings are evenings I have attended in D&D LA, or LA's D&D scene. Mm-hmm. Hence my, it's hard to find a group. It's hard to find the right group. Yes. Yeah. And it's difficult to wine and dine the group beforehand and find out, like, is this a good fit for me? I would I would watch the shit of a TV show that was like a dating game for D&D groups. Mm-hmm. Charlie's looking for a new Pathfinder or D&D group, specifically one that likes Shadowrun and wants to try out that new Space Finder game. Mm-hmm. Carl's looking for a new member for his D&D group. Let's see how they hit it off. <laughs> Charlie has stabbed Carl in the throat. <laughs> yeah, no, I haven't done much. Hockey work got kind of busy on me all of a sudden, and... Yeah, but I've not a lot of time for games. It, it's weird. Like, I was real hot and heavy on a sh- uh, Shadow of War, and then I just dropped it. Like, I'm like, ah, I don't want to play this anymore. Mm-hmm. I've been poking at Nier Automata some again. I've, I've been spending a little too much time um, looking into find, the... Hmm? Or did you find the store I was talking about? Yeah, I, I was going to say, I've been spending a little too much time actually... Um, a bunch of stuff is coming out for Star Citizen 3.0 or the patch for 3.0, Alpha 3.0, and there's some stuff in there. Like, the way they're trickling out information, like, is actually kind of fun because they're releasing, in, like, information dossiers on it and they're answering some, like, questions after you were playing a lot of the game made sense, but they're actually spelling out how some of this shit works. So, mm-hmm. well, I can't play that game because my laptop's not powerful enough. Like, it's like, okay... Some shit's going down. Like I, it's weird. Like I've had time to actually be immersed in that like Reddit community and that forum group, and I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm kind of digging this now. Like I, I get it. I found my group a little bit. Okay, mm-hmm. let's wait for 3.0 to come out. But yeah, what have you been up to, Jeff? So, uh, for starters, um, <clears throat> I went back to Massachusetts last week. And I did not get to go because we only had four tickets, but the rest of my family went and saw Jim Gaffigan, and I'm going to imagine they had a lovely time. 
Um, He's an okay comedian, I hear. Yep. <laughs> uh, the next day, I did what I tend to do, and I went paintballing. Um, so one notable highlight story that happened for me, um, I was running up on a group of my friends, and it was... Um, there was only like six of, us, six of us there that day. It was actually a really small group day. And uh, there's two people who are in my party that are in a bunker in front of me. And I've got two bunkers between me and them. And first we start laying into each other, just shooting paint at each other. And all of a sudden I start hearing, um, my friend had lent me his rotor, which is a type of hopper. And I'm shooting, I'm shooting. And all of a sudden I start hearing the sound. Which is the sound of the rotor trying to feed paint that isn't there. It's like, oh shit, I'm out of paint. I check my pods. I'm out, out of paint. So I click off the hopper. I'm like, well, you're not feeding any more balls. The only balls I have now are in the fucking gun. Um, and this course has a mandatory surrender rule, which is if you surrender someone, they have to accept it, which is bullshit, but this will play into the story later. So I move up a bunker, and I literally have maybe three shots in the gun and nothing in the hopper, and I've turned the hopper off. And I start snap battling with the uh, one of the people I'm with, and me and him wind up going over the bunker twice, and then we both decide to go side on the bunker at the same time without knowing it, and I shoot him right between the eyes with my last ball of paint. Nice. So I'm now officially out of paint. And there's one more person in this bunker. So I run up to the bunker as fast as I can, stand up over it, aim down at the one last occupant, and yell surrender as loud as I can. <laughs> and he has to accept it, so I've won the game, and I know I've won the game. So I've got the gun trained on him. Unfortunately for him, and for me, fight... His instincts of fight or flight started to kick in and like his inexperience and it being his first day playing paintball kind of kicked off. So first he like rolls around on the ground to get out of the way of the incoming no paintballs and then stands up and points his gun at me. And I go, oh, no, whoa, stop. And I put my hands up and I turn around and start walking away. Whoa, no, dude, this game is over. No shooting me, please. And fortunately he didn't pull the trigger, but I almost got bonus balled the shit out of Yeah. Um, on this crazy suicidal, my last ball got the guy out, and I had to turn my hopper off to prevent it from ghosting me. Um, and then the other thing that was funny that happened is um, one person in our group, uh, we were out at like where the ref was explaining, like, okay, this is capture the flag, blah blah blah. Sure. And he took his barrel condom off, oh. and he shot the gr- and he shot the ground, and we're like, dude, like. Don't do Finger that. off the trigger. It's do not have it like even in the trigger assembly. Like, see how I've got my two fingers way out of the gun like that. He's like, no, no, no it's fine. I got this. I got this. We're like, uh, you better not shoot me. So me and my friend who've been playing paintball for a long time both step the fuck away from him, and then he shoots the ground again. We're like, okay, this is not cool. And then later that day, we were like, dude, if you do that, you're either gonna shoot one of us or you're gonna shoot yourself in the hand. He's like, no, no, it won't happen. Then later that day, he can't. He confesses. He's like, oh yeah, you guys are right. I totally shot myself straight in the hands. Like, hurt, don't it? So, idiot. <laughs> so after that happened, I mean, he's a cool guy. He's my friend, so I'm not gonna call him an idiot. But I stand by. I, idiot. I will say, like, 
don't shoot yourself in the hand. There's a story to everyone else in this who's listening to this who goes paintballing. Uh, barrel condoms are for your safety and those and those around you. And until you are literally like waiting for the ref to blow you in, you can leave it the fuck on. Um. So after that, I went to a friend's house for a uh, horror movie party. Um. And I showed up. My friend took all the time to like set up like. There was all kinds of candy, and he made stew and whatnot. And it was a real nice little thing. Got to meet some of his friends. And then uh, we watched um, an old horror movie called Clue. No, this wasn't my choice. I was suggesting Cabin in the Woods, but uh, people didn't want to watch something quote-unquote scary. Um, not that that movie is. So Clue is a movie with a crazy all-star cast, including Tim Curry, like... Not necessarily say Tim Curry's the biggest all-star ever, but, like, it has way better actors and actresses in it than is warranted for a movie based on a fucking board game. Sure. Um, and that movie is fucking baffling in, like... Show your work. Yeah. So, one, it's based on a children's board game. Okay? Like all good movies are. Yep. It is crazily over-sexualized. Um, like all good board games are. Like all good board games are. Then there's a maid in the movie, and my God, does she rock that maid outfit better than girls I've seen in pornos? Like, holy shit, that that girl. Oh my God, I need to look her up more after this. Um, what exactly no is the actor, plot? I guess I could get to that. Yeah. Um. So the movie, like. So, one, no character is introduced to her and actually, like, every single one of them has the moment of my eyes are up here. Like, no character meets her meets her gaze ever. They just all stare at her tits the entire movie. Sure. Um, and the plot of the movie is they are a whole bunch of random people who get invited to this house party. They all get assigned pseudonyms by this... Uh, Butler? Okay. Um, I forget his name. We'll call him Jeeves for the time sure. being because that's generic butler name. So he invites them all. And then the plot is that all of them are being blackmailed by this one person. And the butler called them all there to confront that person. And all of them have some dark secret. Like one of them killed their husband. One of them like was a war profiteer. One of them like runs a brothel um like they all have like deep dart secrets and they're all intertwined with each other and it turns out that mr body is the person who's been blackmailing them all and the movie starts out with mr body alive and then mr body basically gives them all weapons from the board game and then they uh he goes basically the only way that all of you make it out of here and go about your lives if is if you all kill Jenkins. Eh, or Jeeves, I don't care. And he shuts off the life and accidentally they kill Mr. Body instead of the butler. Yes, and accidentally. Then, and then it's a whodunit from there. Blended with, they keep bringing in characters that are somehow tertiarily in, uh, involved with them all. Like a cop shows up and it turns out the cop's like on the payroll of the brothel. Um... A motorist shows up, turns out like he knew someone. And the most amazing one out of all of them is the 
this scene is beautiful. If you can look up the singing candy or singing telegram, oh, no, I, I've seen scene. this movie. I, I'm just yeah. trying to think of when to slide a joke about being shoots and ladders. The movie, but sure, but um, it it's like the movie also is like homophobic. It's train wreck um, in its own in its, in its beauty. Yeah, it's it's homophobic. It's sexist. It's like. It's a movie that never needed to be made and you couldn't make now. Yeah, you could not make this movie now. Um at all. Like there's a lot of jokes in this movie. It's like, that was really unokay. Yeah. You should feel bad about yourself yeah. right now, movie. Um, especially because the joke that the movie ends on is a homophobic one. Yeah. Like, and that is how they cut the end, cut the whole goddamn movie. Yep. Um so yeah, that was a bit of a fucking experience to watch that train wreck. Um, it's, it's not, or because I love bad movies, this movie is not a movie worth seeing that becomes so bad it comes around to good again. It just, it comes off as like, yeah, it just stays it, bad. It has moments like the scene with the singing telegram is amazing because it's just so fucking random where there's this one scene. So people or all the tertiary characters, like the maid, the cop the motorist like all the people that like stumble into the mansion that are not a main character start yeah. getting killed off and then there's a knock at the door and the scene goes entirely as i'm about to describe no more no less the door opens it's a girl in one of those like bellhop outfits she goes hello sir or ma'am i'm your singing telegram and then literally they cut to a gun in a hand and they just shoot the fucking singing telegram girl dead. <laughs> that is her beginning and her intro and exit of the film. Yeah. Is they bring her in, they kill her. And then that's all you need to know about her character. Essentially. Yeah. That's how it they take, they take two seconds to explain why later, but it's just so fucking random. They introduce a singing telegram character and murder them promptly. Yep. Um, it was a bonkers fucking movie. And, like, I don't know how to feel as a person after it. Um, you shouldn't. I guess. Um, then after that, the next day, I went and I played hockey with that really good group again. And uh, we wound up, the person who organizes it got the rink wrong. So everyone showed up the wrong rink. And then we, like, had the world's fastest hockey caravan over to another hockey Away. rink. Away! Away we go! And then um, I absolutely stood on my head that day i played or that was one of the few times like it was like holy shit i played really well and i actually got to make one of the uh pecorine style like make one kick save push further and extend to make same side kick save except further back because the person's hammering on you mm. and i think i for the first time ever in my life did a full goddamn split <laughs> um handful i'm close to one but i actually did one i was like oh i'm gonna feel that tomorrow no 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 no, 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 no. Go back up, up, up. <laughs> it's like a it's like a pilot nose diving. Pull up, pull up. Um We've extended too far. Yep. And then the last thing would be my company had the guy who I referred to and talked about on this podcast before as the snake oil salesman. Sure. Um the guy who comes in to tell us about wellness and whatnot and told us like He's telling us about the wonder of foam rollers, which don't get me wrong. I believe in foam rollers. They are great. But he'll say things like, now when it comes to foam rollers, now 
Look, I don't want to tell you that you won't need to have surgery, but let me give you an anecdote where a person didn't need to have surgery because of foam rollers. Like, whoa, whoa, dude. Do not tell people or even put the idea in their head that if they have something that needs to be operated on, surgery is not an, or should be avoided using a foam roller. Don't worry you, about it. <laughs> yeah, that is dangerous fucking advice. Yep. Um. And this week's takeaway was he talked a lot about like, he was like, I'm going to talk about some myths and he would explain it like, it's a myth that if you drink a lot of water, you'll lose weight or it'll help you curb your appetite because water doesn't actually make you feel full nope. scientifically. But we tell people, or he's like, but they tell you that because what winds up happening is people who are drinking more water and being conscious of it tend to make better health choices in general. So we lie to you to make you healthier. Now, I want to assure you that none of the other health stuff I'm about to tell you is a bunch of lies. Mm. It's like, hmm. And he proceeded to do this repeatedly. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so that was interesting. Sounds like an upstanding citizen of sorts. Yep. Um, so that, that's, uh, that brings you up to speed with me. My Life's been weird. <laughs> yeah. I'd say more video games should come out, but I think like a bunch of video games are coming out all of a sudden. I just don't want to play any of them. Or I'm waiting mm -hmm. to get back to LA so I can play them on my PC. Yep. Like that Wolfenstein game. It looks real good. Not playing it until I'm back in LA. Oh, that's out? Not yet. It's almost out, though. But like the South Park game, I keep looking at and I go, eh. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I suppose that brings us up to news. Woo! Woo news. Um, we're gonna start this one off a little bit uh, more uh, depressing than we typically do. Um, it's been a fucking week since the last podcast. For a couple months back, when we were doing kind of the end of last year, me and Jeff said maybe we should not be shitty to each other. Well, apparently not enough people heard that because we've had a in kind of this light of this whole Harvey Weinstein stuff, you've had a bunch of allegations of sexual harassment and misconduct happening in the video game industry, too. And in one case, I kind of want to hope it's not okay or hope it, hope it's a little more complicated because it's about Naughty Dog, a company I do enjoy the games of, but at the same time, like, that's not an excuse for it. The more complicated one is the one from NeoGAF, which there's absolutely no defending that one. And it's, it's a terrible look, and I feel kind of bad for the NeoGAF community because they are jumping ship, which is kind of awesome to see that they have that much integrity, but goddamn is the um kind of owner behind that dragging it down. I uh, guess I'll break these two down quickly because I'm sure Jeff's not totally sure what I'm talking about. Um, uh, Over the... <laughs> bear. Uh, last week, I'm blanking on the name. I didn't write it down because I'm a professional like that. Uh, though Someone took to Twitter and complained about sexual... They were sexually claimed they were sexually harassed while working at uh, Naughty Dog. Sony and Naughty Dog handled it in the most fucked up corporate way possible, and kind of did a combination of denying it ever happened and denying they ever had a, any history of it ever happening or any evidence it ever happened, and also simultaneously someone kind of got out there from Naughty Dog unofficially, biblically, and said like, "That's not the kind of thing that happens here," which, um unfortunate shit happens unfortunately and 
on, on one hand, like, it's great that people are getting out there saying that this stuff is happening and we're drawing some attention. On the other hand, it fucking sucks it's happening to people. And then we got the NeoGAF one. You familiar with NeoGAF at all, Jeff? No. So, uh, the... NeoGAF went dark, and that's what kind of drew this all to my attention, because when one of the major sites I troll for news goes dark, and I mean dark, like, unexpectedly off the... Off, uh, offline kind of thing, I start looking into why the hell that happened, and some shit has gone down. So... Is it a news outlet? Uh, it's um, NeoGAF is a forum site. Like, it was a great place to get, like, leaks and rumors in the game industry. It, we don't typically use a lot of it for the podcast, because I try and... Because rumor. Well, because rumor, yeah, but... It was a great place to kind of hear kind of early stuff. Like, it, it was the one of the best places, if not the source I used, when leaks would happen that seemed pretty viable. Like, it was... It, there was an application process, like, of the video game forums out there... It was one of the more legitimate ones out there. You had to be approved to be a member. You couldn't sign up with a generic Gmail or Yahoo. You had to have a real professional account. It was a great place to discuss video games. And unlike lots of other parts of the internet that typically discuss video games, the community on NeoGAF, more often than not, could be pretty decent. Don't get mm -hmm. me wrong, there's some scumbags on there. But, like, overall... Scumbags was, everywhere. Yeah, but, like, uh, especially in kind of the places people congregate to talk about video games online... It was a pretty good slice of that world. And its uh, owner, operator, whatever you want to call Tyler uh, uh, Malka, or Evil Lore, as he's known on the chant on the forum, he's had a bit of a weird history. He's put some stuff out there that, like, the current allegations against him by themselves are pretty damning. If you go back and kind of read some of his posts, like, there's a famous one out there of. He bought some drinks and then kind of really implied he was going to pressure or actually did. I don't totally, I don't remember the story exactly. Some girl into doing stuff because he's, quote, not a source of free drinks. So the most recent one is someone came out and said hey, he did some fucked up shit. And instead of anything, apologizing, fessing up to it, whatever, he chooses to double down and make it kind of worse and then worse and then worse. And as part of this, the site goes down. It's back up, but he's kind of like, we'll get back to talking about games. It's kind of trying to throw this under the mat as hard as possible. And at the same time, being like, yeah, we're going to stay on topic. It's only going to be video games. And in response to this, in a move I'm really kind of, I admire the video game community for doing, you have a lot of people posting ban me threads on there. Well, they're just jumping ship. They are done. Mm -hmm. And those people taking that stand, I got to respect you on that one. I you are the people that make me happy when I say, like, be less shitty to people. You are actively bailing ship on something that someone who is a shitty person actively benefits from. Good for you. Yeah, people, let's be less shitty to each other. There's plenty of bad stuff going on. We don't need to make it worse for each other. Mm-hmm. Got lots of sad, got lots of not great news, but some also fun news this week on our Halloween episode, but... <laughs> Start off with our very juxtaposed things. Yeah, that's why we're, that's why it's the Halloween episode. It's spooky. Hmm. Um, Lego Dimensions is officially over. I think we talked about this in the past. There were rumors it was shutting down, but it's of the. It was supposed to be a three-year project. They're cutting it short at two. Unlike the other ones, you can still play Lego Dimensions, meaning you can still buy the sets and the servers are still active. 
They're just not releasing more stuff. Um, a couple mm-hmm. people out there talking about if this is kind of maybe the death note for Toys to Life. Duh. If Legos can't make Toys to Life stick, no one can. Mm-hmm. Like this was the best toy for the best Toys to Life possible, and Lego, it was, Lego Dimensions was cool. They had lots of cool IPs. They had lots of licenses. They did stuff with it, which was always kind of cool to see. Mm-hmm. And they're Legos. So what's what's not to like? Yeah, Legos are awesome. Yeah. Moving on from that, Shin Megami Tensei Five has a trailer out there. I noticed that. It looks very Shin Megami Tensei. Um, have you actually played any of the Shin Megami Tensei games aside for Nocturne? No. So or none that don't have the word that P word in them. Yeah. So I, so I assume what you're getting at. Yes. Yeah, so at one point in time, the Shin Megami Tensei, the Persona franchise, was known as Shin Megami Tensei Persona, and it was kind of an offshoot. Like talking about Shin Megami Tensei is real weird because. There are lots of exceedingly successful offshoots of, quote, the main Shin Megami Tensei franchise, and they kind of like Resident Evil. Yeah, the most successful one is the is the uh, bottle episode in Spain. <laughs> yeah, except for the fact that I might arguably say, like, kind of like Resident Evil, the side stories of the Shin Megami Tensei kind of overarching umbrella are the best, like, Digital Devil Saga is a fantastic Shin Megami Tensei that, joint. That's exactly what I was trying to infer. Yeah, Nocturne, Persona's taken on a whole life of its own. I, but at the same time, this kind of, it, it, it is a weirdly shared universe, like, the monster design is similar, like, it's got that kind of it's same... verbatim. Yeah. <laughs> no, fair, yeah, verbatim, yes, true. Yeah I, yeah, I mean, there's a few different ones between them, but, like, the Shin Megami Tensei 5 trailer shows all the personas and i recognize every single one of them but one yeah. which is the one that they like ending credits on yeah the big like reaper things yeah which was like okay yeah sure Don't fine i'll ex- i'll accept that yeah you you made one new one and it's the big bad yeah no it's it's part of the shared atlas verse if you will yep yeah but so um the fifth one is coming it's coming to the switch exclusively the switch um yep. good news for switch owners looking, i wound up looking back i'm like What's Shin Megami Tensei 4 on? And the answer is the Nintendo DS. Yeah, I I believe it was on the PlayStation a long time ago, but like, kind of like Persona games, there's a bit of a big gap between Shin Megami Tensei games. Yep. Like the 2013 to 2017, that's, or 2018 I think is when this thing's probably coming, is like one of the fastest iterations in the franchise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I, it's... It looks it looks like a Shin Megami Tensei game. I'm always happy that Atlas is out there doing the thing. I'm not the biggest Shin Megami Tensei fan, but more importantly, this gives us a chance to wish the Shin Megami Tensei franchise a happy 25th anniversary or birthday, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. So Shin Megami Tensei and all the things that have offshot thrown it have turned 25. Oh, yeah, neat, indeed. Yes. It's always nice when someone out there is still doing cool stuff. Like, I'm not the biggest fan of the main franchise games, but I like that they're out there doing stuff always. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Apparently, Shimigami Tensei Nocturne is Shimigami Tensei 3. That makes sense. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, that means there was almost like 10 years between 
three and four. <laughs> wow. Yep. Yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah. Moving on from that, uh, things we're not so happy to see about. Um, did we ever talk about how there's a spinoff, the Metal Gear Solid Five coming? You mean uh, Hideo Kojima's new project? No, made by Konami. It's called Metal Gear Solid. It's called Metal Gear Survive. And it, it, literally the story is, like, some of the people from Metal Gear Solid Five get sucked through a wormhole, and it's now a survival game against, like, zombie mutant things with barricades and loot boxes, like, probably. I was really hoping this was going to be, like, the DOA beach volleyball kind of, like, crazy storyline lack of an explanation. Yeah. Wormhole's not a bad answer, either. It looks real bad. The trailer for it looked real dumb, and it's apparently available on February 20th. <laughs> no real details on what the hell that game is, but I, I think Konami's just doing it to be petty towards Kojima at this point. <laughs> they do seem to have the... It's amazing to see a large entity like Konami being like, you know what? We're going to fight a war with an individual. It's like, aren't you a like a faceless organization with like infinite funds practically? Yeah, but we really want to call this one guy out, and we're willing to dump millions into a game to prove it. That we're more Kojima than Kojima. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of petty and vindictive endeavors, um, the Connect is officially dead. Yay. I, it was so popular. How could this happen? I, so, uh, the connector is no longer being manufactured. They will sell through existing stock if, for whatever reason, you were hoping to get a connect. Now is your last chance in some ways. This does not, the article I'm reading off this off does not mention whether this is the um, USB version or the old Xbox One exclusive version, but yeah. Dying good riddance? I, yeah, I, I think I said on this podcast at one point, like, I would pay more for an Xbox One if it denied an, a, a Kinect entering the world. Like, if you could give me a box that was missing the spot where the Kinect was supposed to go. And, like, it came I with think, a video of someone throwing that Kinect into a garbage can. Yeah, I think I remember you saying something. I, I probably said something inflammatory like that. So, I, it's nice to see one of my long-standing foes vanquished. <laughs> that being said though the connect was a kind of cool idea aside for its whole not working so great and maybe being a tad invasive in your privacy it's it's a little sad to see technology like this that didn't quite work out because it was in concept kind of a cool idea and with the whole rise of vr could have done some stuff maybe but at the same time like the connect never was really used for anything aside for dumb gimmick gimmicky motion games and maybe or maybe not spying on people. Like, the fact there was an industry mm -hmm. built around 3D printing plastic covers so your Kinect couldn't look at you against your will was always a little fucked up in my book. One of the things I've been doing, um, I've gotten the wicked bug when it comes to paintball. Like, I've just been enjoying watching it and playing it. Sure. Um, there is a subreddit called something like R 3D Printed Paintball. Sure where people are putting up, like, 3D models on how to, like, make uh, gun triggers and shit. Sure. Um, 
So, which I, I figured that was worth mentioning because you were mentioning 3D printers. Yeah. No. I, so next up, kind of a weird one for you. Um, remember when there was an Animal Crossing game coming to mobile? Uh, I don't remember this, but I believe you. We talked about it at one point. It was kind of part of that whole, oh, we're putting a Mario game on mobile thing as well. Well, it's mm-hmm. called Animal Crossing Pocket Camp. It's only available on the iOS right now and only as a soft launch in Australia, which people have found ways to get around. But yeah, there's an Animal hmm. Crossing game on a phone out there. It seems like the perfect place for it. Yeah, it seems to be kind of a microized version. It, yeah, we talked about that last time we talked about this. It appears to be kind of a slimmed down version of Animal Crossing. Not a whole lot of details are out there. It's kind of popped out of nowhere on me. And mm-hmm. we'll probably talk about more next week or something. But yeah, uh, following up the smashing success that was uh, Mario Run, I was kind of worried this wouldn't happen. And it's been kind of radio silent dead for a long time. So yeah. Well, I'm glad it's out. Finally, um, a use for your mobile yeah. phone. Yeah. No, I think it's a great game for that. I hope they have a lot of success with it, and I hope it encourages them to take a lot of these, like, I don't want to say minimalist, but games that have very, like, non-Twitch-based gameplay that you can really put on a mobile device easily like this. Um, I'm glad to see that, like, coming there, because that means that more, like, you know, I'm happy they're porting Final Fantasy games to the mobile, but imagine if tomorrow we got a Persona mobile game. Like, something was crafted for this and, like, hand-built with mobile in mind and, like, they did a good fucking job. Like, that'd be See, sick to have. I'm not sure I want that because as cool as I, I think this is, part of me would much rather, like, a full-blown Animal Crossing for my Switch. Because mm-hmm. the 3DS version of Animal Crossing was pretty fucking solid and... That game's always felt like it was on the verge of being something, like, fucking amazing if they just kind of took it one step further every single time. And, like, mm-hmm. at the end, like, I think it was um, Happy Life or New Leaf or something, whatever the 3DS one was called. Like, that one was like, okay, like, now make it put on something a little bit more powerful and, like, give me a couple more things to do and I'll fucking be in. And I guess part of me always, like, I'm super stoked for this. What would make me even happier is if, like, it then came a Switch game came out that interacted with this, where it's like, no, no, you don't have to take your Switch everywhere with you, but, like, it's a shared character now. Okay. So you have your main town. If you go, like, somewhere on vacation, we use geotracking in your phone. Like, oh, hey, you're at so-and-so with your Animal Crossing character. I don't know, mm-hmm. Pokemon go goify it a little bit or something. Okay. I know it's an unrealistic wish. I just think it would be a cool application of that technology. Sure. Yeah. Nothing wrong with wanting things. Yeah. Speaking of wanting things, Uh-oh. if you were super excited for Destiny 2's PC release, um, it's been kind of a rough launch. So there's lots of perma banning going on and some soft bans, but apparently there's some there's something built into the Blizzard launcher or something like that that is flagging people left and right for a variety of cheats and stuff like that. And Bungie's gotten out there saying it's not banning people unfairly, but not everyone agrees with that. Uh, some people have said like, oh, you just have a like a GPU and a uh, FPS counter going, and that kind of case you trigger it, but 
I, I'm not gonna lie. Part of me's part of me's always wondered if like, no, no, all the people that kicked off of Overwatch for cheating have the same shit installed, and they're now just jumping into Destiny. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Destiny Two is out on PC. It's a thing. Probably more on this after I get a chance to play it, but. So is it more Blizzard side or Ubisoft side? It's not clear. I, it's you have Bungie out there saying no, we didn't do anything wrong, which of course Bungie would say. But you also have a bunch of fans out there that are claiming it's like stuff like maybe OBS or XSplit or like just an F like a Nvidia FPS counter is causing the problem. But it's unclear. I. Part of me has always kind of wondered if the first thing you'd blame if you got banned from something that quickly would be anything but fess up. Like, would you even ever fess up? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, know. fessing up doesn't come in a verbal form. It comes in the form of purchasing another uh, copy of the game. Yeah, and I'm sure some of these are false flags, but at the same time, like, it, it's been so rampant. Part of me is kind of like, nah, this feels like it might be a thing. And mm-hmm. there's been then there's been enough cheating issues in Destiny on console. This kind of feels like it might be a real thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of things that are real things, though, um, Hitman is getting a Game of the Year edition, to quote a complete edition, if you will. There's a sexy new trailer out there. It also talks about how they're adding a whole new campaign using existing maps. This is the first major update to the game. Since IDOS left, or sorry, IO, not IDOS, left um, Square Enix and kind of went independent. It's it's more Hitman. I thought that game was fucking amazing last year. It I cannot recommend that game enough to people. It's, it's super good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, nothing. Hang with my brother again, so I can play more of mm. it. <laughs> yeah, no, nothing new. No, new, no new maps, but a new campaign to follow up last year's campaign. It'll come out. Uh, some of the stuff is coming on November seventh. They're also if you ha- if you missed your chance to go after some of the elusive targets, any ones you missed didn't fail. If you failed, they're still gone. Just missed. They're coming back for round two. It's not totally clear how it's going to happen, but you'll get a second shot at them for kind of a game of the year pass, if you will. I mm-hmm. that's still that's one of the best games in memory in recent memory. I think. Yeah, just for some no, of the risks they took. Sick. Yeah. Last but not least, before I transition us into our main topic with a fun piece of news, um, literally last week as we were recording the podcast, news broke about a new kind of weird update for the Switch, which adds some good in kind of the worst way possible, but also has a surprising number of stealth features to it. So um, the Switch has officially added the functionality required to transfer your account to another Switch. You can only do it once. It's done in the most cockamamie way possible. But, like, if you have a family Switch, you can transfer your Switch off of it onto, like, a personal Switch. So, like, you can now, I don't know if you will say it worked as a game reviewer or something and use, like, the Office Switch. You can get your giant Zelda save file off of it or something. Mm-hmm. It's one of those features that maybe should have always been there, but... They're slowly software and shit that should have always been there. Yeah, and, like, it's weird to say it's a great patch because it's something that should have always been there. It's, like accounts aren't hard digital backups aren't hard like sony and uh, sony and microsoft have done that since xbox 360 and ps3 with cloud saves and stuff like and with the switch a mobile platform that could easily be stolen or weirder 
it's always struck me as where you couldn't transfer your account. Mm-hmm. Like, the fact that we were celebrating the fact that, like, oh, shit, you can log in and re-download all your games you might have lost. The fact that that was a big deal worth celebrating should tell you kind of how weird some of the Switch hardware is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But among the stealthier additions to the game, it can now maybe kind of use uh, wireless um, headphones. And you can now plug GameCube controllers into it via the um, GameCube hmm. adapter that came out for the Wii U. Huh. That's pretty neat. Yeah, it's it's a thing. It's, it's great they're doing this. Uh, this all comes in addition to the major update of you can now do some video capture. It's not great, but it does 30-second chunks. It'll rewind some. It's not totally clear you export it exactly, and you can't do it for all games, but they're working towards getting this thing to a point where it's comparable to most other modern-day consoles, which is cool, but at the same time, this feels like some shit that should have been there from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially that transfer thing. That feels like a really weird oversight. I digress. Our last piece of news is more for Jeff than anyone else. Um, how much are you following Dead by Daylight these days? Dead by Daylight? Not very closely. Well, so did you miss the fact they had a leather... You can now play Leatherface in the game? Apparently I did. Well, so in addition to that... Are they getting the rest of the cast that uh, Mortal They Kombat just X got? added Freddy Krueger, or Freddy Krueger's coming soon. I think I know which pack they purchased. I... <laughs> it's a little sad because they're going to be able to get everyone except Jason Voorhees because he has his own game. And it's really weird talking to people about that game because they're like, why aren't you playing Dead by Daylight? Why? It's a better version of the game you're already playing. Mm-hmm. Like, one of these is kind of rip off of the other one. It doesn't have the cool license tie-in. But now it's getting the cool license tie-in. Yep. But, yeah. Halloween shit. Take it away, Jeff. Main topic time. All right. All right, so do you want to start with horror games or horror movies? I don't know where to even start on this one, man. We got some... We actually did get some um, listener mail. Maybe we could use as a jumping-off point even, too. Um... Let's say, because I'm on the verge of just, like, letting loose and just talking about everything just I love go. about Halloween. Just go. All right. So, I love Halloween shit. I love horror movies, and I love horror video games, especially survival horror video games. Not action video games that have a, uh, or action video games that are in, like, just a dark universe. So, I could spend more time here riding the nuts of Resident Evil 4, which is one of my favorite games of all time, because it actually blended together the actual importance of scarcity and how that actually made you feel extremely vulnerable and how influential that is on the atmosphere and the feeling you have when playing the game because when you are, it makes you actually be scared for your life, which is different from a lot of other things. And I love when a video game can pull you in emotionally. And I, it's one of the things I love in like media in general is I want to be emotionally invested in a video game or movie or anything. And, Horror games and movies tend to do a really good job of pulling you in. Um, one of the, uh, or but I guess back to writing Resident Evil Four is nuts. Um, some of the amazing things I can say about the game is it also it understands atmosphere and 
the movie or the game is done in widescreen movie format to make it feel more like a movie. Um, they did, I think, the HD or they did the HD Uprise Res for uh, PlayStation Four. Um, I do recommend it. It is a good game. It does hold up. It is difficult. Um, Ashley fucking sucks, and you will spend the entire time cursing her name out, but uh, you get through it. <laughs> um, Resident Evil Seven was amazing. Um, yeah, Resident Evil Seven. The horror world has been good to you this year. Like we didn't talk it about has. it. I don't think. Um, I need you to play. Um, let it not let it die. The one that just came out. Um, we were all there was the yogurt one from. Uh, it was the white paint one from. E3 this year. Um. Uh, do, 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 do. Wasn't Evil Within? Yeah, Evil Within 2. You didn't play the original Evil Within, which I heard had some problems. I've heard mm -hmm. a lot of people comparing Evil Within 2, though, to... Um, RE7? RE4, a lot of frequency lately. Oh, yeah, no, that sounds absolutely like a thing I want. Yeah. Um, cause I absolutely adored RE4 and I love games that play like it too. Yeah. I, I've heard a lot of people saying, if you liked RE4, you should check this shit out. Mm hmm. Yeah. No, then I, I should check that shit out. Yeah. Um, Resident Evil 7 was a great twist on RE4 or I guess the Resident Evil just stuff I because. I call it a twist. It's a return to form almost. Well, I mean, the, or I was going to say there hasn't been a first person shooter in that series, but there totally has. It's yep. just, it's an offshoot. Um, yep but they have, in a weird way it's they return to like the bottle episode feel that Resident Evil 4 had of like this is just some cool zombie shit happening we're not totally enveloped in like yeah. trying to sift through the lore of this franchise which is not the worst thing I've ever seen but it's it's not worth writing home about either well I can as someone only kind of follows Resident Evil from the outside by the end of 6, it seemed like there was nowhere to go. The story was so preposterous, it was kind of hard for a hard reset, or time for yeah. a hard reset. And like, when they announced 7, it was kind of this, okay, we're going for some weird PT ripoff, I guess. And that game seems to have delivered it with, and then some. Yep. Well, didn't they hire PT? I don't think so, but I could be wrong. Yeah. I thought they bought the studio that made the PT tech demo. That's uh, that'd be Kojima made the PT oh, tech demo. So oh. no, remember Kojima's the one behind PT because he was making oh. Silent Hills. Okay, which we will forever be deprived of. <laughs> um, but yeah, they that game they did an amazing job of making you feel vulnerable. Um, the enemies are like clearly defined; their goals are reasonable. Um. Which I guess ties in Helsing Ultimate, um, which was last year's Halloween thing I watched. I think so, yeah. Um, but like villains aren't terrifying when their goal is just to be like, I want to take over the world and I will kill everyone on it and I will rule over the ashes. Good villainy for and the then sake what? of villainy. Yeah, and then what, dude? Mm, I don't know. I didn't think that far. Whereas like. I intend to take over the world, and I've constructed a whole bunch of very specific events that are feasible and reasonable that will put me into a place of power with a world at my feet, not ashes. Much more terrifying. Um, also, competence is terrifying. When, you know, the main character kills an idiot, no one's impressed, but when they kill a cunning, equal-footing, 
malicious and intelligent character, yeah, no, that that's much more of a feat. Um, but uh, so let's see. Outside of that, probably things that were good horror stuff I got into this year that, other than Resident Evil 7, which I absolutely loved and can't say enough good things about, especially the bonus content they've made for the game. Um, or actually, I'll just continue talking about that for a second. The uh, I've talked to you about the Blackjack game they added to the game, right? No. So one of the bonus games that they added to Resident Evil 7... Which, which version played... of Storm Resident Evil 7? I thought you were talking about Resident Evil 4 for all, all of a sudden again. It... Oh, no, no, 7. Um, you Do you know about the Blackjack game in Resident Evil 7, then? No. So one of the DLC things that came out in RE7 was a game of Blackjack. And how familiar are you with the storyline at all? Fairly. We walked through it some, I think. Okay. So... Or I'm going to explain it out as if people who are listening to this podcast haven't heard it. Um, there is a camera crew of other characters that were like in the house that you spend the entirety of Resident Evil 7 in. Um, or their farm, kind of. It's not just the one house, but these people wandered into that house trying to film a haunted mansion yeah. show. And. They got captured, and you all they've released a whole bunch of bonus content of just what's going on with those people at any given minute. Um, and one of them is a game of blackjack that starts out you're playing, you start the game playing for fingers, that you're playing against some other guy who got kidnapped in town, and whoever wins the game of blackjack doesn't get their fingers cut off. Smart. And all all of this is being orchestrated by the uh, the brother from the video game. And after the fingers get cutting out, they're like, okay, looks like we're taking it up a notch. And they basically attach both of you and your opponent to jumper cables. And whoever loses at blackjack gets electrocuted. And then after that, you... Um, the other guy is still alive. He's supposed to be dead, but he's still alive. And he's keeps on going. He's like, no, I'm not losing to you. I will. It becomes you versus him plus this other dude. Like, it is fucking balls to the wall. You're, you're in this terrible situation, and everyone wants you dead. And then they bring down this giant saw blade, like, on a, uh, on a stick. And the way the saw blade works is whoever loses a blackjack, the saw blade moves another inch closer to you. And then what winds up happening is once you win that and you get your opponent absolutely fucking cut in half, you're like, okay, I won. Let me out. The guy goes, hmm, no, I think there might still be some life in him. He's like, what are you talking about? It turns out that the uh, guy who's um, been orchestrating this whole thing, the brother... I think his name's Lewis. That sounds right, yeah. Francis? Lewis or Francis? It's one of those names. Something like that. Turns out he's got the other guy, like, ma- puppeteered up, like, on strings and starts, like, moving his arms around and pretending the guy's not dead and pretending to talk for him. And now you're playing against a dead body, and it's exactly the moment of, like, well, I'm not intended to win this scenario. And there is a way to beat it, and you do beat the game, and then 
the game kind of goes dark after you finally beat him, but it's it's a tense fucking game of blackjack. It just sounds like blackjack <laughs> like, to me, man. That's how you always yeah. play blackjack with giant saws and jumper cables. Oh, yeah, Gloucester rules. Yeah. Um, but, like, they added bonus content like that that was like, yeah, this was just a totally sweet thing for you guys to add. You didn't have to add this by any means. Like, you chose to. And it didn't add to the storyline, but it just, like, was a cool, suspenseful, tense situation where I was, you know, my character had shit to lose, and watching the character's fingers get cut off isn't exactly fun. (laughs) Um, not, or not exactly fun for your stomach. A little uncomfortable? Um, yeah. Like, they added, like, cool stuff like that, and then the game itself, like, does an amazing job of trying to figure out which are some of the characters. Are they your friend or are they not your friend? It's really hard to tell at some moments, like, because a lot of them are very schizophrenic, and at one minute they're absolute, they're helping you, and the next minute they're chasing you around with a chainsaw and cutting your fucking arm off. <laughs> like, it's a crazy-go-nuts game. Um, and it is, if you're on Halloween, you can also do, uh, or you can do the escape room for it and stuff. Like, it's just got really good Halloween content. It's gory, it's suspenseful, it's nuts. Um, I loved Resident Evil 7. But so, one of the other things I watched this year, which was not a horror movie, but it was a horror show, and I talked about it briefly on this podcast, but I'm going to bring it up again for the sick and twisted who want to watch something fucked up for Halloween, is Corpse Party. So Corpse Party is an anime based on a video game. Yeah. So Corpse Party is an anime based on a video game that um, I think it's one of those like H game dating sim games that are something, I don't know. One of those things like Steins Gate that like, it started out as something sleazy, and somehow they pulled a show out of it. Um, I don't, I've never actually played the Corpse Party video game. Um, but it is a video game. It does exist. And um, they made this show, and that show pulls no fucking punches. Nor does the like game. Every, yeah, every character in the show is a kid. So it's like, oh, they won't kill a kid in the show. Holy shit, no. They they won't just kill a kid. They'll fucking string and they'll pull their entrails out on camera. Like that show is got no problems with gore. It's hardcore, man. Yeah, that show is fucked up. That that show even though it's like it this is a cartoon yep. made my stomach churn a few times. Um and it was like, yeah, no. This is a great Halloween show if you if you're a messed up person. Um the games were similar. And, yeah. Are they 8-bit? I don't know. It's been a while since I played one. I actually don't remember. I, I know I've played one a little bit, but never deep dove on it. Yeah, because yeah, I saw one on um Steam, and it was 8-bit. It was like 8-bit top-down. Kind of reminded me a lot of The Binding of Isaac. Um, But, yeah, no, Corpse Party is pretty fucked up. Um, I'd say um, the more graphic novel style. There is, mm-hmm, I, like, the characters are cheapish. I guess I'd say, yeah, more than necessarily eight yeah. bit. But yep. So, speaking of shows based on video games, uh, that are the visual novel video game style. Um, there's a word for them, but I'm kind of visual blanking novel. on it. 
Yeah, visual novel. Um, Higurashi, or when they are Higurashi, when the cicadas cry, or however it's technically called, um, is a amazing anime that blends together, uh, like Groundhog Day mechanics with a murder with uh like homicidal psychopaths. <laughs> So what winds up happening for reasons I won't get into because watch the show, it's good. Um, w- characters are reliving the same couple of days and it'll be like, one scenario will be like, oh, this character is the main character's friend and they're out for their, you know, trying to protect them and try and be good to them. And then Groundhog Day reset, that character's evil now. And it really keeps you on, your e- on the edge of your seat because you can never tell which characters are going to be heroes and which ones are going to be villains at any given moment. And then the show is a very famous uh, fingernail ripping scene. Um, and uh, a lot of other really great scenes, very similar with like uh, one character stabbed, or it made its way into AMV Hell and one character stabbed itself, stabbed themselves in the head so that another character wouldn't have the opportunity to torture them. <laughs> Ah, uh, yes. Maybe I'm fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> You're getting um, it out of your you, system healthily. Yeah. Um, I really, or I'm not going to talk too much about um, Planet or Cabin in the Woods because I talked about it last week, but um, I highly recommend Cabin in the Woods if yeah. you want to see a horror movie. One of the best horror movies I ever saw, I always say, is the movie It by Stephen King because it very much, um, it really does a good job of because it doesn't explain anything. Um, it's really easy to like a supernatural clown that can, you know, pull out, pull knives out of like thin air and stuff is much more frightening than just like, yeah. Oh, it's just a clown with a gun. That clown is a superpower um, I want. Yeah. Um, you already have a floor that does that. It's not the same. Um, but other than that, I watched uh, or I've seen the entire Hellraiser series. Uh, they're not good. <laughs> um, that said, Hellraiser One's resurrection scene is absolutely worth watching. I would there almost is a like time just YouTube... and a place for Hellraiser. Like they're not supposed to be amazing, but they're, they're, there's a certain goodness to them. Hmm. Yeah. No, I don't regret watching them. Um, the first one is definitely like. Head and shoulders, the best one. Like, that series does have a bit of steady decline. Yeah. Uh, But it also suffers heavily from being the 80s. So a lot of things like, oh, we were trying to make it young and hip and with the times, except for the times are the 1980s. They're from the internet. Yeah. So it gets weird. Um, Then, let's see. I really like the Nightmare on Elm Street series. Um, out of the slasher films, that one's by far my favorite. Um, followed probably by the Friday the 13th movies. They're really good as well. Um, after Friday the 13th Part 4, Jason Voorhees is a zombie because they plunge a flagpole into his chest, into his corpse's chest. It gets struck by lightning, and he uh, becomes a zombie from then on. Um see i don't or halloween i completely respect and i understand why we need to know about the movie halloween and that it's it kicked the whole thing off um that one's the most dated to me and 
the le- uh the least impressive to me. Sure. Um, or I like it the least. I we owe I owe I owe it a lot though. Um, I would not have Freddy Krueger if it was not for Mike Myers. <laughs> um, let's see what else. I've also watched a fair amount of classic horror, like the original, like uh, what's it called, the original Dracula and stuff with Bela Lugosi, and Bela Lugosi is a fun actor to watch, um, because he does very much like he acts from his eyes outward, um, and his just his facial expressions and his intensity is really impressive. Um, let's see. Um, yeah. I, oh man, that's something I should watch this year. I really, or I need to see the movie, the, I think it's the Cask of Father Caligori, because it's just one of like the first uh, horror movies ever made. I think I've seen and that it's one, from, actually. It's from like 1908. That it's sounds like something film. I'd have watched. Yeah. It's old enough I wouldn't also, be scared of it. Well, it's also, it's got um, like the different scenes are like color screwed with, but it's because the like, actual movie the like physical magnetic films that exist of it are like degrading like the movie's that kind of old yeah (laughs) um so uh i do need to see that movie and i think i probably need or take some time and watch um what's the movie uh not night of the living dead i've seen night of the living dead and that's actually a fantastic film the george romero film that one's like the classic of classics. Yeah. Um I think it's the last man on earth. Um is the one I'm thinking of which is uh the original book I believe is the last man on earth and it's what um what was that Will Smith movie with the zombies that are vampires in the book? Um I am legend. Uh the book I am legend is based off of and it's just or, called I am legend. Yeah. Um or I believe it's that the Omega Man and the Last Man on Earth are all adaptations of the book I Am Legend. Um and the Last Man on Earth is like the the earliest version of it and apparently it's really good. Um I was gonna say. Yeah, Night of the Living Dead's a good classic one. Anyone can go watch. Zombieland is fun. Um what was that really good one? I think it was uh, Evil Dead. Or was it Evil Dead? The one with uh, where they're in a uh, mall and they had to, uh, and they create the bus with chainsaws out the side of it throwing propane tanks. Um, And the guy has his girlfriend gives birth to a zombie baby. Oh, isn't that, it's the second George Romero zombie movie. Um. It's re- or the movie I'm thinking of is from like the 90s. It's... I think I'm saying the same thing. I okay, I believe you. There's Night of the Living Dead, and then there's another one. I'm not sure which one's which at this point. Yeah, either way, that movie is fun too. Where it's just like this is a crazy go nuts movie about fucking like <laughs> the minute you have chainsaws and buses, like we you you've gone on the USS Crazyville, um, which is where you want to be because it's fun. Nuts. I like craziness from my horror movies. Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead, yeah. That movie's awesome. That's the 2004 version, which actually isn't terrible. Dawn, it, it's a remake, though, of the original Dawn of the Dead. Mm. Sure. 
Um, I definitely googled the phrase "chainsaw bus mall zombie movie" to get that one. I believe I totally believe that it came up. Um, let's see. Uh, they're good horror movies. Um, going through the like bottom of the barrel, which is the Netflix like what's just like there because Netflix is a product of the lowest bidder. I'm just super sad um, we can't talk about um. Stranger Things season two this week. I know it comes out to or uh, in two days. Yeah, and I can complain or we can get more of the Jeff hot take on Stranger Things and yeah, what or if you're a huge fan of the Freddy Krueger series and Elfin Lead, it it becomes impossible to like Stranger Things because it's just a direct ripoff of both. Maybe of them. not impossible, but definitely harder. Yeah. Um, I guess thinking of Stranger Things, I've seen the movie The Thing, or at least I've seen the uh. There's the 80s remake of it because that movie's been remade three times. The game based off times. that thing's actually pretty fucking good. Mm-hmm. Good luck okay. finding a way to play. I think it's a PS2 game. I That one was actually, that Charlie actually played a horror game for a change. Um, so that one's got some cool stuff going on where because of the nature of that movie and the franchise it's based off of, you have like trust gauges with your, um. there's like four or five other characters you swap around from, I think, depending on the scenario. But like, if you make another one suspicious, they will kill you. Hmm. Apparently, it looks like it was an Xbox One game. That no Xbox, PlayStation Two, and Windows. That sounds more correct. Sorry, when I say Xbox One, I meant like the original. Gotcha. Uh, as in the first yes. Xbox. Oh, I um, forgot to mention this. A bunch of the Xbox, the original Xbox games that are compatible with the Xbox One got announced today. Nothing super amazing except Fusion Frenzy and Crimson Skies, bitches. <laughs> cool. Yeah. No, I. Um, that was a weird horror game. That was. That's some stuff. I yeah, say, so, yeah, it sounds like it's got some cool stuff. Oh, I believe last year you mentioned some cool horror game that had like a beard. Or are we doing a beard run of this game or not? And. Um, oh, like it was. Um, yeah, I've talked about this a couple times. I always have to Google it every time. It's the Squarey's game. Yeah. Uh, um, that seemed like a cool way to spend Deadly some Premonition, time yeah. Yeah, that that's a cool way to spend some uh, time you're going to spend some horror. I should go back and check that game out again. It's uh, it, I go back and play it every couple of years because it's a train wreck, but it's definitely worth it. Yeah. No, train wrecks can be a good thing. Um. Clue is not one of them. No. Um, <laughs> uh, I was going to say, uh, another series that I've seen is the uh, the Hills Have Eye movies. I want to go back and wa- rewatch the um, like the 1970s version sure. because the 1980s version is like a scene-for-scene remake, which I found very astonishing the minute I looked it up on... Uh, I looked it up on YouTube. I'm like, oh, I wonder how different these movies are. Turns out they're not even the slightest amount different. They are like scene for scene remakes um which is crazy to see and i will say what i've always said about that movie which is that movie is the homicidal warpath story of one dog getting revenge for its girlfriend yeah um the uh the rest of the characters are just supporting actors and actresses to the dog um so Oh, this is one I've, I've meant to ask about last year, actually. Did you ever play The Suffering? 
the suffering now. There were two of them, I want to say. It's an old PS2 PC game, I think. I, way the fuck back when. PS2, Xbox, and PC. My bad. I. It was kind of this cool game where it took oh, place I've in... Definitely seen, I've definitely seen this on the shelf. It took, it, yeah, it took place in prison. I, but the cool thing about the idea behind the game was all the enemies in the game were based off different forms of execution or ways you could die in prison. Mm-hmm. And... I, it's one of the few ones I played at one point because I don't know why this may have been back when I was kind of into that edgy shit. It's like oh, it's a game. It. yeah. This game, like judging by the box art, it's like this is the edgiest thing on the shelf. Yeah, I remember it being kind of cool. Like, it's I'm not gonna compare it to Resident Evil Four, but I remember it kind of having some similarities where it was it was a little more gunplay than the average strap Resident Evil game had at that point in time. It had some real cool atmosphere going on. Like and part of the fun of it was. Like, it was a prison, and you'd have moments where it's like, nope, you're just in normal prison, which might be worse than the Netherrealm version of this prison. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're, it's already a bad, terrifying scenario. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, Googling images on it, this looks like a fun game. Yeah, there was two of them, I want to say. Like, there was the Suffering, and there was Suffering like, Redemption or something. Mm-hmm. Strong possibility. Yeah, of that. like, where was that? You, you were outside of prison, but you couldn't escape prison because you know sorry suffering yeah. the ties that bind that bond or that bind yeah yeah um what this is kind of remind me of is there's a uh half-life mod out there called uh nightmare house 2 which is free and it comes with a copy of nightmare house 1 like pre-packaged in it which is also free <laughs> um and that's a really good fun just like person made mod uh, it's a pretty good horror game. Um, let's see. Oh, I guess you and I get to have our moment of uh, going back to a thing I was talking about like three seconds ago because my brain is full of scatter because I have ADD and I'm fucking crazy. Just get on um, with it. Uh, the Hills Have Eyes Part 2 is one of those moments where you look at a franchise and go, man, you really should have stopped. <laughs> uh, yeah, so those movies. Yeah, oh, those movies. I don't mean the original one. The original one's fine. Even the remake is fine. But man, those Part sequels. Two. Holy uh. shit! Yeah, they still don't make shitty films like they used to. It's not even <laughs> shitty God. films. That's some like I don't know who that's for at that okay. point. Like that's some. Well, horrors go. Those movies came that's out. That's movies for the type of person who wants to date their dog. Yeah. Uh, I don't fucking know. Like, yeah. That was during that weird time period where y'all were like glorifying rednecks like Jeff Foxworthy, and at the same time we were all into like slasher flicks that weren't really slasher flicks. They were just like torture, uh, torture porn, and high D- HD on movies. Like it was the worst horror movies ever. And at the same time, we as a culture were into the dumbest shit, and that is what you got. The sequels to The Hills Have Eyes. Yep. It, it was literally... Have you ever thought that The Hills High of Eyes would be better films if they were just extremely rapey? If you answered yes to this, please remove yourself from the gene pool. We don't need Yeah, that. and I, I don't mean, um, like, uncomfortably rapey. I mean, like, the, really? un, the uncomfortabliest rapey thing ever. Like, oh, that's bringing back some memories. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't want to... I, I gotta sleep tonight. Thanks, man. <laughs> You're welcome. Fuck you. 
I could have gone the rest of my life ever thinking about the sequels to The Hills Have Eyes. Or was it the, is it the second one or the third one that opens up with the mutant birth? I don't remember anymore. I remember just being second. like, well, we're going to start watching this now. Yep, that's the second one. Uh, I don't think I've seen the third one, but I definitely remember that kind of creepy I thought shit. The, I think we're talking about the third one. I feel like the second one was where things started to go a little bit wrong, and we all as a culture were like, what's going on? And then the third one was we all were like, nope, nope, time to end this franchise right now. Yep. It's also on the list of movies that involve American or any other culture release. Soldiers with clearly no understanding of what soldier training looks yeah. like. Where they have a per these people breach a room and this person comes out as like a woman in like a hijab and is like a Middle Eastern woman. And they're like, okay, ma'am, everything's gonna be okay. And then it turns out it's their commanding officer dressed up in drag with bombs strapped to himself. And it's like, congratulations, guys, you let your guard down. Now you're all dead. I'm like, what do you fucking people think actually happens in the military? Because I can guarantee you there is no commanding officer pulling this bullshit. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, I think I'm pretty confident. In that I've heard of with the military. No, that's totally what happens. Yeah. And the commanding officer is the only person without a paintball mask on. And they're all shooting paintballs at each other. Yeah. Quick way to lose a fucking eye. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, those movies, like, that is the, like, pill over the head. You don't need to live anymore. Those movies single-handedly are. Um. Man, I gotta think about those now, man. Fuck you. <laughs> Not just you. Everyone who listens to this now. Maybe they haven't seen it. Maybe they've lived better lives than I have, and don't know about the Hills Have Eyes franchise, like, in that deep self-loathing way I do. Yep. God damn it. Um, so, um... Use the like sleep. <laughs> Gotta repress that shit all over again. Uh, so... I guess... Hard, uh... Hard changing to something that isn't that. There's no changing um, it anymore. It's always going to come back to that. Well, I was going to say, people are, one of the things that winds up happening every Halloween for all of us is eventually at one point or another, you're going to wind up on uh, uh, Netflix looking for what is there to watch. And Netflix is absolutely a byproduct of the bottom of the barrel. Uh, like the best the, barrels to have a bottom too. Yeah, the it does not take very long for Netflix to run out of actual horror films, and it just turns into like, uh, was it strippers with shotguns or something to that effect? Like, here's the issue: I won't watch most horror movies, but if you present me with a horror movie I know is not scary and it's called something like strippers with shotguns or like death Buck some proof, zombies. Not zombies. Here's the thing: I don't like zombies in any version of my anything at this point. I'm so over zombies as a concept. It's like I'm just done with them collectively. Like nothing they're in, I find good at this point. But it's like, like they just put this thing called The Babysitter on Netflix, which it's hot garbage, but it's also like a bunch of Satan worshiping teenagers sacrificing a kid. And they're like pimping this thing hard, at least on whatever weird settings I have for mine. And I'm like. Yeah, this is what I want from you, Netflix. 
<laughs> nice. We gotta sacrifice the virgin. I'm like, that works. The innocence will fuel Satan. Cool. <laughs> it's like that weird stripper level of dumbness occasionally, and at the same time, it's like, this is terrible. I appreciate that you're still making movies like this, because no one else is. <laughs> These are the Pretty horror much. movies for Charlie. Um, but yeah, I was gonna say so on Netflix. Um, there is a movie called like The Next Turn or Wrong Turn or something to that effect. Um, and it's just a it's a movie about this family that's like trying to get to their grandmother's house. And they wind up realizing that the road that they're on is of infinite length and they're passing the same signs. Like, they keep passing the same sign that says town in 10 miles. And basically how that mentally starts breaking them. Um, and why is this happening kind of deal. And it's pretty actually a pretty neat little film for what it is. Um, Troll Hunter... That's just the greatest movie ever made. Yeah, it's a crazy go nuts uh, foreign film about hunting trolls. No, it's Uh, a foreign documentary about hunting trolls. Yes. Do not let the oppressive, what, Swedish media get to you in thinking that's not a real ass documentary. Swedish. I I forgot that I needed to uh, acknowledge that that movie is not a work of fiction, that movie is a public Uh, service. Yep. Um, <laughs> uh, that movie is pretty great. I feel very strongly about that movie being yeah. amazing. Yep. That, that, that is what, if you were to make a list of a hundred best movies of all time, like the simple fact that it exists, that movie, like you're fighting for that one. It doesn't make the top 50, but like that thing belongs on that list of like, <laughs> it's like, is it the best movie? No. Is it one of the best movies of all time though? Yes. Somehow. <laughs> Like, no one part of it is the best, but the collective whole is, like, this weirdly perfect movie. There's also a, uh, what was I going to say, the, uh, another good movie that's on there is, uh, I really like the Chernobyl Diaries. I actually really like that as a horror movie. What or is that about? Also a documentary. Uh, mutants in Chernobyl. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm over mutants a little bit, too. Um, this one does, it's fairly good. So the thing about the movie, the Chernobyl diaries is, is is, is, it is extremely low budget. So for what it lacks in like actual, like Ooga Booga monster up on screen, it does a really good job of hiding it and like being atmospheric. Um, which there are movies out there that it's like, Oh, you barely see the monster. Why? Because putting the monster on screen is expensive. Someone has to puppeteer it. Then we have to put CGI on top of that. Like it's a project. And we don't have money, so it happens like twice all movie. Um, I actively wanted the um, story of that movie not to be that one thing was coming after you. It was just like the evil of Chernobyl was getting these people. Like, it's like, oh, just Chernobyl's coming for you. It's not quite like that. It, That's but what there I wanted, is more than one. There is more than one, like, survivor of Chernobyl, I'll call it. Yeah, I didn't want survivors. I wanted just to be like, this is the reality of Chernobyl. It eats your soul. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to spoil too much about the movie, but it winds up kind of ending as in, like, it's not just these are mindless mutants. It winds up kind of being, like, the Russian government knows about them and they're using them. Yeah. So it's just another, like, in Soviet Russia, 
life could get worse, and then we capitalize on it. Um, but yeah, I really like the Chernobyl Diaries. Um, it actually does a really good job of being atmospheric and like you are the struggles the characters go through are fairly believable. Sure. Um, and their reaction to it is also fairly believable. Um, trying to think what else it's garbage that's on uh, Netflix. Um, lots of stuff. Don't don't watch Stranger Things. Um, or I do believe and they tell us how wrong we are about it. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be a, that'd be a fun segment. <laughs> yeah, I I, huh. I got done watching Mindhunter. I enjoyed that on Netflix. It's not horror movie esque, but it's got some kind of creepy factor to it. Yeah, yeah. No, you can have good suspenseful stuff yeah. too. Suspense is, or in my opinion, suspense is one of the like, or like I was saying way at the beginning, um, a movie that can make you feel something emotionally is something that I really enjoy, and suspense is something that you can feel, like. You, it's very hard to get a movie that's like, yeah, I'm so happy for this character that, like, I'm so invested in this character personally that, like, when they have an up and a down, I I go up and down. Yeah. Like, there there is examples of that, and, like, uh, for me, one of the examples is, like, Steinsgate. Like, when the character's winning, I feel good for him. When he's losing, I feel bad for him. Yeah. But that's because he's a well-written character that I'm personally vested in. Um, suspense and... Fear or other emotions that the movie can like give you. It's like you know, make me feel something. Don't just put a play on in front of me. Make me care, you know. And um, if when you fear for the characters' lives, the movie has done a successful job of making you feel that there's real stakes involved and that like something could be lost here. Um. Oh geez, I just thought of another Netflix series. The Collector. I feel like oh, I watched man. some of this, but didn't watch that much of it. So The Collector Two, you would pro- you would probably love the movie The Collector Two because it's so batshit off the wall crazy. The Collector One is a kind of nothing special movie. So, have you ever wondered what would happen if an etnomologist decided they needed to murder people <laughs> all the goddamn time? All right, so I found the movie for you. Um. So the opening scene to The Collector 2 is a whole bunch of teenagers, like hundreds of them, at this like underground secret dance club that clearly isn't much of a secret, judging by the number of people are there. And the guy who is the collector is up in the rafters, and he just turns on some kind of like wheat thresher equipment that whatever warehouse this is would never have in a million fucking years and just mows down like 300 fucking people with a whirling blade machine. From there, <laughs> the protagonist survives to be captured by him and brought to his, like, murder mansion, where he's collecting people and he's trying to get the, like, most ultimate humans to collect together to who knows. So, like, he's basically torturing people to try and prove out which ones are the most, like, adaptive and which ones are the strongest. And you do do get to see a person who is pinned to a wall like a butterfly. That sounds about right. That, that that's the entire lead up for that movie. Yep, and that is the collector part two. The collector part one is um, basically he breaks into a house and starts torturing the family that occupies. Yeah, it. that's less interesting. 
much less interesting. Still a fairly a fairly not bad movie. Uh, Collector Part 2 is definitely much more the off-the-wall, crazy-go-nuts film that we all are, from, or we all are looking for in our lives. Yeah. Sounds um, like- Let's see. Other than that, like, man, I go fucking hard in the paint deep in this topic. Um, I recently, or I talked about, I recently got my hands on Gyo Tokyo Fish Attack. That movie was so much more crazy than I was prepared for. Um, because the movie's made by the person who made, uh, I think it was Spiral into Darkness, the crazy Japanese, like, horror off-putting body mod stuff. That's like, and it's a movie about all of a sudden fish come on land and start attacking us. And if you get scratched by them, you turn into a fish creature with robotic legs. And it's powered by farts and burping and vomit. Yeah, so what is that movie ultimately about, actually? Uh, everything you just heard. Yeah. And it it's, it's so hard to explain that movie because it's so crazy. And, like, it never really gives an explanation as to why everything's happening. Sure. Oh, no, it totally does. It's like a super virus or some shit. Doesn't matter. There's a carnival in the middle of town. Erected for no reason. That's having a carnival of course. run by uh, the regular people. Yeah, being run by the damned. Um, and a mixture of people who didn't realize that they were blending in with this group. And uh, all of a sudden just start getting vomited on by the fish people. And then they start turning into fish people. It's like, movie. I, I, You just keep giving and giving and I just don't know what's going on. Uh, my head's spinning from just everything you're just putting out at all given minutes. Oh, man. Yeah. That is a crazy movie. Uh, another good horror movie or good suspense movie is uh, everyone should see the first Alien movie before they die. Yeah. All those um, movies in general are pretty okay. Yeah. I've only seen the first one i think i might have seen the second one i saw pieces of the third the one. second one is more of a departure into an action ish movie with horror elements um yep. i don't remember three all that well four is definitely only... the weakest but it has some stuff three the only thing i remember is it has the guy who does like um after the catch with the deadliest catch guys and does the, um, it's not Mike Rowe. It's the other guy who works for, uh, I know you're talking Discovery. about. Yeah. yeah. He's in it. And that was a, like, when I saw that for the first time, I was like, wait, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> you I, had an acting career before this. <laughs> he's technically an actor. He, he absolutely it's the is. Dirty jobs guy, right? No, not Mike Rowe. It's the, uh, or it's the cash cab guy. Oh, right, 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 right. Um, He's a stand-up other, comedian, actually. Yeah, I've actually I've seen his stand-up. It's not terrible. Yeah. Trying to think, anything else? Yeah, no, that um, or that's a pretty good list of a lot of fucking things yeah. for. So uh, we got some listener mail that will that will address a couple other pertinent yeah. questions to Halloween. So yeah, maybe it's time to transition. So, yeah, sure. Well, that does it's it definitely time. It's time for me to take a fucking drink. <laughs> that too. All right, so that does it for our main topic this week. Um. But we do have some listener mail. I've, I've saved up a couple, so if, in case you were wondering why your email didn't get read last week, it's because I was saving it for this week, because we do do a podcast for Halloween every year. The 
two years we've been doing this. Shifty eyes. Three years? Yep. I don't know anymore. But, yeah. Jeff, if you wanted to contact us, how would you go about doing it? Hmm, good question. I'd say probably the easiest way to do it is after you made last week's torture video with Alex, on the way out after post-production, you start going into, like, the uh, post-party that they always have, the, like, uh, the cast party. Yeah, the rap party. Yeah, and you tell Alex, and he's still shaking and shivering and just kind of, like, recuperating from the whole thing. And, and then you tell him, don't worry, dude, it's all over. But, you know, we, we really want to make it up to you, so we have a, we, we have a surprise for you that we really want, you know, show you that we care and really, you know, thank you for helping us with this. And then he'll follow you, and then you go into a back room. Is the surprise and then for making a sequel? Oh, yeah, and the surprise yes. is you're making a sequel, and he's just back at square one. And then you just lock the door, and then you go back to the rap party, and then he stays there, and you just leave cameras rolling. Ah, so and thematic then... shift. Well, the first one was more of a physical torture. The second one's a psychological torture. Got yes. it, got it. You're, you're ex- and then... Oh, go ahead. You're expanding kind of the repertoire of the franchise at that point. You're not a one-trick pony. You have a, you have an underlying theme, but you're exploring the many adaptations of the theme. I like this. Yes, absolutely. In the uh, Something Wicked Studios uh, universe. Uh, and then eventually, uh, when he's, you know, when you're negotiating for things like food and like a Game Boy or something, which he's allowed to have maybe, you know, 10 minutes a month. Like a cursed Game uh, Boy. Yeah. Oh, no, it's only got those, like, crazy copies of Pokemon that they made up. That I like, was thinking uh, the Little Mermaid pinball game. Oh, yeah, sure. No, that's totally viable. Because you know what goes off with Game Boys? Games with rumble features. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we could we, we could wish that nightmare upon him. And then um, you'll ha- have him do a forced reading of uh, whatever it is you want to be read on this podcast. And then... Uh, once the uh, movie gets made and there's the forced reading in the middle of the film, we'll we'll know what happened and uh, we'll we'll answer your po- your answer here, or more simply, you can reach us at wickedawesomecast@gmail.com. What's that email, Future Jeff? Uh, <laughs> hey, this is Jeff from uh, episode eighty-two. Uh, that w- email address is wickedawesomecast@gmail.com, and uh, looks like I I gotta get back to the future. Peace, guys. Wickedawesomecast@gmail.com. Spelled as it sounds. Down in the show notes, et cetera, et cetera. Hit us up. We like getting emails. We got some good ones this week. Uh, our first one, though, starts off with the subject line of, why does Charlie hate Overwatch? Content matter. No, seriously, what is Charlie's issue with Overwatch from a person who likes Overwatch? <laughs> I don't. Last name withheld. <laughs> I, I don't actively have an issue with Overwatch. I, so, I'm not a huge fan of Overwatch. I think it's a fine game. I think... It benefited greatly from being made by Blizzard. I don't think that game would have done as well if it was made by anyone but Blizzard at the end of the day. But that's not my point. It's So I, I'm hard on Overwatch, and I kind of have a negative view on Overwatch because I read a stupid amount of gaming news every week. Like, with all the stuff we put in the podcast, I probably pass on about 10 times as many articles as we wind up talking about like and we do we do a fair amount of news every week i read easily like 15 20 things a day in prep for this podcast and i only pull the ones i think are worth talking about or could be talked about more and my more negative stance kind of on the foreshadowing of that is 
that when that game came out, there was lots of really positive writing about it. And now they're, what, like a year and a half in or something like that? Say that again? Now they're, like a, like, now they're like a year and a half into Overwatch. Does that sound about right? Something like that, like, yeah. Yeah, but like the majority of stuff written about Overwatch now has a more negative tone. And not that it's a bad game, just that the community has some issues. Like, it, it, we've moved on from talking about the game itself to the game as a larger topic and concept where it's now focused on the community expansion, expansions, kind of communication with the developer and all that stuff. And that stuff paints a bleaker picture than maybe you have kind of hands-on with the game from a kind of larger observerings perspective at that point. I'm, I'm observing it more from a what other people are saying about the game and not what I'm dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis of playing that game. I, I've come to my own conclusions about it. Like, I'm not saying the game's not popular and not, like, totally fine and you should feel bad for playing it. It's more just, like, it's... Some real weird stuff gets written about that game that's not super great with increasing frequency. And it's got nothing to do with the game itself, exactly. It's like, it, it's like how I rip on the Destiny community a lot. Like, the worst part of Destiny is the Destiny community. The worst part of Overwatch is also the Overwatch community kind of situation. But unlike some other games that manage to kind of transcend those issues, it seems there's a lot to talk about when it comes to Overwatch's community that keeps coming back in weirder and weirder ways. That We talked about toxic stuff a couple weeks back, and or a couple podcasts back, I mean, and yeah, it's got all of those telltale signs, and that's like a lot of the stuff we talked about there did directly pertain to that game. Again, I don't have an issue with Overwatch. I just don't like playing it, and it's not for me, and I wish it had more heroes, and I wish it had a single-player mode, but that's not the game it is. Like, I, I wanted them to make that like MMO that Overwatch became. I will forever be curious about what the hell that game was. But, yeah. Next email, though. This mm -hmm. one is simply... Thank you for writing in. And this one simply is, Dear Wicked Awesome Cast, what is best in life? A curious listener. What is best in life? What is best in life? Do I need to Google this? I am really confused. Well, well, the correct answer is to drive your enemies before you and hear the lamentations of the women, but just the whole Alan <laughs> Schwarzenegger quote at that point from Conan. But what is best in life, Jeff? Best in life? I mean, I I don't disagree with the answer of to what is best in life, Conan, to crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and hear the laments of their women. Okay, that's directly a Conan the Barbarian quote. Now I understand what you're talking about. Okay. Um, what is best in life? Ugh. Let's see. Vanquishing of thou enemies is a very important part. Uh, complete achievable of one's goals. Best in life. I'm going to go with Resident Evil 4. Sure. <laughs> Uh, Resident Evil 4 and hockey. It's <laughs> a good enough answer. Yeah. yeah. I always stick to the Conan answer of the drive enemies before you hit the limitations of the women. I mean, it's... I, I'm try I was trying to come up with an answer that wasn't the, the exact correct answer. It's, I don't think it's a correct answer. That's just like a, a large portion of my life has lived according to that version of what is best in life. Yeah. Thing is, I can't, I can't argue with that one. Just I also can't say it yeah. better. So I'm just gonna. I have to come up with something just off the path. 
Yeah. No. So we got two Halloween ones. Right. Um, but thank you for writing yeah, thank in. Thank you for writing in on that one. Definitely a weird one, but yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. We'll take weird ones. All right. Next one. Uh, simply reads, I think you two talked about this last year, but what games are best? What are the best horror games for people who don't like horror games? Also, what are the best games with horror themes that aren't really horror games? From Take Your Podcast Fodder. Okay. From Take Your Podcast Fodder? Ah, you've stolen it from us. Um, um see, best best horror video games for people who aren't into horror. As an absolute as an absolute chicken when it comes to horror games, I always gotta go with Until Dawn. Until Dawn? That game I that game has all the occasionally annoying, jump scary things I hate, but at the same time, I think that game's really good. Like that game, that, that game overall is a really good game, and like it's like it, you're playing a horror movie at that point, which is super mm-hmm. cool. Um, I haven't played it yet, but that doesn't sound you seem like a bad that answer. Yet? I need to beat near first. Fair, you should play that at some point. That that game's definitely up your alley. It's yeah. Or you can I go, own it, I just haven't got around to it. Or you can go watch the full playthrough on our channel. Like it's like we, we ruined nothing because we did a no death run and despite my best wishes on that topic. Like that that game does some cool stuff. Like it's it's done in that telltale style. It's a fun party game. I it's just a fun game. It's it's a good game. It's got some real cool atmosphere going on. It's pretty. Mm-hmm. Um I'd say Dead Space one and two as well. Dead Space one and two are good. I, I'd say um, two's less horry than one is. That's why I'm saying especially Dead Space two yeah. actually because that game's definitely got like some horror stuff going on, but it's more of like a horror theme. So if you're not yeah. a fan of horror games, you can kind of enjoy that one a little bit more. Like Resident Evil four is a pretty good answer to this question too. Like it's yeah, it's by it's not particularly scary. Yeah, it's got some moments, but um. I was going to say, uh, what was the game I mentioned? I mentioned it already. Uh, Nightmare House 2 um, is a good, it's free, so you have nothing to lose. The game is old enough and low enough res that you can tell that it's not, uh, it's not like, you know, going to be terrifying because you're looking at something old and hard to believe. But it does enough really cool tricks with its atmosphere that it actually can still, like, provide some level of intensity with it while still obviously being not terrifying. So I'd say that one's actually a pretty good one. Um, um, like Dead by Daylight and the Friday the 13th games that just came out are pretty good in that regard, too, because they're more kind of just 4v1. Like, there's, mm-hmm. mul- there's multiplayer games at that point. Like, Left 4 Dead, both 1 and 2 also are solid horror games. They aren't really horror games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh Resident Evil 7 is like more actively scary. I wouldn't yeah, that's, that's why I'm not saying that, that one. Kind of like, yeah. Technically um, Resident Evil 5 through 5 and 6 also kind of action games. But yeah, 5's not a bad one. 5's pretty bright. Oh, um, um it's not a great game, but Dante's Inferno has some cool kind of horror aspects visuals, to it. Yeah. Yeah. And it fucking if you like God of War games, <laughs> It is a great ripoff of God it's of War. It's a really good ripoff of God of War. Um, there's a couple levels of Gears of War, actually, that are kind of cool horror games, almost. But like that's, mm-hmm. that's specific levels at that point. And there are a couple games out that have really good, like, 
horror segments and an otherwise more action-driven game. Like, the original Halo with the whole flood thing at the time, that had a real kind of survival horror vibe to it that was pretty sweet. Like, some parts of Destiny, like the, um, the first mission you have on Titan is a kind of horror vibe thing going on. Yeah, with shotguns and grenade launchers, but it definitely kind of, it's the hive enemies. They lean more towards kind of that undead, uncomfortable feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, trying to think, any other good, like... The thing is, is they have to also, like, not be scary. Oh, Hellraiser! Um, or... Is it Hellraiser? Hellraiser? The game that had, like, the stake gun, it was, a. Uh, it played like Mad Max, uh, like Serious Sam and stuff like that. It was a third. It was a first-person shooter with lots of crazy weapons. Um, let me Google this one quickly. Oh, it's not the right one, but Fear. Fear's pretty good. Oh, F E A R. Fear. Yeah, yeah. That first sure. game's actually really good. Um, I'm trying to think. Doom. Amnesia's a bad one. I know you disagree, but for the average person, that's a bad one. Um, oh, no, I know. I, I think that game's quite terrifying to some people. Like the most recent Doom game, kind of again has horror imagery to it, but not. Um, or Left for Dead. Yeah, we mentioned Left that for Dead already. is not remotely terrifying. Yeah. Did we the the Valve game? I thought I ran through it. Oh. I, I have one off mention of it. Sure. Um, oh, the Metro Twenty, the Metro games. Sure. Yeah, no, that's a good answer. Yeah, that those do have a bit of a horror bend to them, but say, so what about Stalker? I love the Stalker games. I can never actively recommend the Stalker games. Mm-hmm. Those games are great, and I don't mean like ironically great. I mean like genuinely great. But God, are they flawed? <laughs> um. See, Doom Three, yeah, or Doom, Doom games are good. Yeah. Um, is there anything Cthulian? Um, there's that new Call of Cthulhu game that hasn't come out yet. I, oh god, I just got done playing it actually. That that um, that kind of sacrifice game I was playing. You sacrifice gods to things of Chernabog. Um, I'm blanking on the name now though. It's okay. It's not great. Uh, there's lots of PT clones out there that you're looking for real horror. PT is probably one of the best things out there. Yep. But um, I don't know. I there was this really terrible game called like Clive Baker's or Chris Jericho's like Hellraiser or something. That was this. I you played as like some elite tactical squad fighting the demons of hell or something. It was super bad, mm-hmm. but I, it's stuck in my brain for some weird reason. It had really bad quick time events where things would like follow you down tubes or something and it was like well this sucks mm-hmm. like it, it like, jumped around party members and stuff and it's a bad game yeah I'm trying or I'm just trying to like remember like so much of just like all the stuff ever that's been like made um yeah painkiller painkiller is the game I was thinking of oh yeah painkiller is cool painkiller is real cool that thing's like, that but that's old, but yeah. yeah, but it holds up really well. Say, so Bioshock start flickering the lights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially the first one. I don't think two or three or two or infinite have great moments like that. 
But some of the DLC for Infinite does have some cool stuff. Killing floor is not scary. Um, Das yeah. is a zombie killer at that point, though. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think I'm. I think that's about all I'm going to come up with on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Also, thank you for writing in. Our last Halloween-themed email. Titled simply, What is Halloween like where you live? Hey, Wicked Awesome cast. Occasionally you talk about stuff that goes on where you live, and I cannot remember if you guys have ever talked about Halloween is like where you guys live. I suspect Jeff has something appropriately murder oh, woodsy yeah. going on, and I'm sure this will set Charlie off on some anti-LA rant. Samantha. Say, oh, thank you for writing in, thank Samantha. Um, also, so... Halloween where I am is fucking nuts. Because uh, I don't just live in New Hampshire. I visit Massachusetts. And Massachusetts has Salem, yeah. Massachusetts. Which is the single most crazy, off-the-wall, bonkers fucking Halloween thing there is. <laughs> um, I've gone there, I think, two different years. And each one of them was... it's. A shit show. Um, Halloween in Salem I, is so good it retroactively ruins Halloween other places. <laughs> um, like, yeah, it's an absolute event. There is just so much stuff, and like, I remember hilariously there was like some one of the like doomsayer like repent you're all going to hell people was there, and he, that person got absolutely ridiculed for being yeah. a tool. Um, and it was fantastic. Um. Yeah, I... like to, to put it in perspective, around this time, around the Halloween season, like in starting in September, if I'm talking to someone in LA and they find out I'm from the Boston area, we will talk about Salem Halloween. Like it's like, are yeah. you going? Are you going back home for Halloween? And I'm like, that's an awful long flight for Halloween. Yeah, I, I do, I've done the trek. I went as uh. Or I went and my friend borrowed one of my guitars to dress up as Slash because my friend has crazy long curly hair. And uh, the guitar got absolutely torrentially downpoured on and the fucker still works. Um, Yeah, it's, it's, it's a thing. And also we get a lot of like the mischief shit happens around here where people like TP each other's yeah, houses. Yeah, like every straight up and... Halloween happens in the New England area. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's going to be, or this year Halloween's probably gonna be super quiet for me because Halloween's on a fucking Tuesday. Yeah. Um, which kind of sucks. Although, to be fair, we're gonna go to a Guar show right before Halloween. We're going to a Guar that show is... on Halloween weekend. That that will be its own that, type of special. That is true. We are going to get to see Worcester on uh, Halloween weekend. On Halloween weekend, so that's probably gonna be fucking. We gonna crazy. die. <laughs> If we're lucky. Um, yeah. Which now that I think about it, we may need to figure out a plan B on how to get into Worcester. <laughs> um, is parachute acceptable? It, it is. Um, yeah, Halloween is crazy going nuts where we live. Um, always when I was in college, Halloween was a big event for like sororities and fraternities and like other people and whatnot. And then they also did... Um, when I was going to college, they had what they called the safe trick or treat, which is I went to Lowell or I went to UMass Lowell and Lowell is not a particularly safe town. Like in so broad do, daylight even. Yeah. Um, 
Like, we had gang initiation week. That was a thing you kind of had to be aware of because you, your odds of... I knew probably multiple instances and I knew at least one, or actually probably knew at least two people who got jumped on the University at Bridge. Like, it, it was not a great place. And so what they would do is th these parents who want their kids to trick-or-treat but don't want to go door-to-door in Lowell uh, would come to the college, and the college students would put these, like, signs on their door that are like, I am participating in the safe trick-or-treat or, you know, fuck off, I'm studying. Yeah. And uh, the kids would trick-or-treat door-to-door in the dorm rooms, and the college students would hand out candy, which was a pretty cool thing to do. So, yeah. Uh, that was That's Halloween where I live. I This is going to be... Uh, this is probably gonna be my second Halloween or my first Halloween in New Hampshire. I believe the first two times I went back down to Mass. I didn't go to Salem, but I went back to Mass. And this one, I'm going, I guess, back to Massachusetts. So I don't know what it's like to be in the murder woods for Halloween. Sounds like a great way to get killed. <laughs> yeah, I. L.A. on Halloween is weird, um, because by the very nature of L.A., I. You have pockets all over the place to do the trick-or-treating thing, but the big L.A. event is over in West Hollywood, and it is a fucking shit show that I... It's called the Halloween Parade. It should be called the Halloween Mosh Pit, more accurately. Like, it's way too many people to send on West Hollywood <laughs> and just choke its streets and bars and everything else about it, and... I, it's it's not unsafe. It's just crowded and kind of shitty. I so let me explain how let me explain how Halloween works in L.A. You, your first Halloween there, you're like, oh shit, I'm gonna go over to West Hollywood and see the Halloween parade, and you go, and you spend like three hours in traffic trying to get there, and then you get there and spend like an hour and a half trying to get a beer or something, and like it's midnight by now, and you've just done fucking nothing, and like two people have thrown up on you and you've seen some shit you could have done without or you've seen a lot of shit that you're like totally okay with but like you're just kind of pissed off at the situation and you swear I you, either you double down saying I'll get here way earlier next year or you go fuck this I'm never coming again and then you spend mm -hmm. the rest of your time in LA tricking other people that just moved into LA to going into the West Hollywood Halloween parade <laughs> I, it's, it, yep. <laughs> we we also have the benefit of shit like um, Universal Studios is right there and they do stuff like this theme parks that do stuff. Uh, we have this weird maze community where everyone's making their own haunted mazes. Like, I think it was my first year in L.A. Like Rob Zombie was throwing a party and he was playing there. He's like, and it was also like, come try the Rob Zombie haunted maze. I'm like, I need to know what Rob Zombie thinks a maze is. That runs the most of the month of October. I know what he thinks haunted is. It's the maze concept. I've got some questions. Yeah, no, on. it's, it's like, I understand what Rob Zombie thinks a haunted house is. I want to know what Rob Zombie thinks the concept of a maze is. Like, I suspect that guy doesn't quite grasp the concept or gets it way too well and understands mazes on a level I'll never understand. Like <laughs> some Greek labyrinth style thing you may never get out of kind of shit. I don't know. I. LA is weird. Like every holiday there, 
we'd get the most commercialized version of like we have those fucking Halloween stores everywhere, but like the city itself doesn't really do that much except the West Hollywood L- the parade, which I, that's not a small event. Don't get me wrong, like a couple, like a shit ton of people go to it, but it's also so crowded that it's kind of like shitty to go to as a result. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's lots of small Halloween parties and whatever. Like it, and the reality is like it's kind of like lull in that regard where like LA is super not safe with some frequency occasionally and like a holiday yep. that encourages scantily clad clothing, drinking, substance abuse, and you being out in like easily muggable groups. It's like a crazy version of Mardi yeah. Gras. I yeah, it, it's very similar to that. Yeah, like I, it's a it's a thing. I. I briefly went to the... I actually went to the parade and left, and I'm like, fuck this, this was a mistake. And I had friends go the year after I went, and they were like, why didn't you warn us? And I'm like, because you had to suffer, and I did warn you. You just didn't believe me. Hmm. You wanted to go be part of the LA parade. Like, that's the thing. No one believes you on how, like, fucking shitty that thing will be. Mm-hmm. And itself, in itself, it's kind of cool. It's the Salem thing, just, like, way more people show up because LA, and... Because LA, it's in a much smaller space, and like it, it literally is a mosh pit of people in costumes, mm-hmm. but not in a fun way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I don't know. It's like it's it's like every holiday in LA, kind of shitty, and like you know it's happening, but like at the same time, you could just totally fucking miss that it's happening. Mm-hmm. My current situation in upstate New York, Argyle, the Argyle area, Saratoga Springs, um. Lots of haunted hayrides. Haunted mm-hmm. hayrides suck. Yep. Combines the hellishness of a hayride and the being out after darkness of a hayride. <laughs> I don't know. Like I, going back to LA for a second. Um, a lot of th- a lot of kind of the public spaces will do interesting things centered around Halloween. Like there's, like a miniature train museum that has one of those like. 1A scale trains that they go on Halloween up the track some. It's like, it's the constant weird. The stuff for kids in LA is actually kind of cool when it comes to Halloween because it's like, it's hokey, but it's it's something kind of fun. Like the train's kind of cute. Disney does stuff. Like Universal like doubles down the real horror stuff, but it's like, hey, do you like zombies? No. That's actually kind of cool. My first year living in LA, they the theme that year was um, Silent Hill. That's the one time I've actually gone like sought awesome. out Halloween stuff in LA. So I'm like, no, I fucking love Silent Hill, and that was some pretty cool stuff. Yes, it was mazes. Like LA fucking loves its haunted mazes. I don't get why mm-hmm. it's a haunted house, except there's no house attached to it. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's I. We we have an aggressively strong haunt community, which I'm sure I've mentioned at least once on the podcast at some point. They're an interesting crowd. They're like if Carnies went to LA and said, yep, this is where we're staying, and then started building haunted houses every nine months. Mm-hmm. That, like, were registered as temporary structures, so they got away with a bunch of secure health and safety um, violations. <laughs> like, it, it's actually kind of hard to explain that one, because, like, there's rating systems for the LA haunted haunt scene where it's, like, family-friendly down to, like, we put a fucking burlap sack over your head and simulate, like, hardcore murder rape just out of earshot, like, just out of, like, your physical way to touch it, and, like, you have to listen to this shit. It's fake, 
but like it's super disturbing and like we pride ourselves that we give people heart attacks every year like people have died at the quote extreme end of the spectrum la haunts and like every couple years like i think the entire time i've lived there i have yet to make it a year where someone's like so and so haunted house was so extreme someone had a heart attack or something mm-hmm. which is just crazy yep yeah i I know someone who, like, is seeing all of the Halloween stuff they can this year and, like, rating it, and he's been kind of like, yeah, there's some cool stuff out there. Maybe it's time to abandon the extreme end of the spectrum. We, like, kidnap you in a van and simulate a kidnapping. Like, that's a haunted house, right? No, it's the kidnapping. Mm-hmm. It's what you want, right? No. No, don't touch me. I don't know where you've been. Yeah, I... I... We've kind of talked about this once. Like, I don't go into haunted houses anymore because the last time I was in one, someone scared me and I punched them in the face and reflex. Mm-hmm. I was asked to leave, rightfully so, and I'm like, I feel bad, but you got too close. <laughs> don't punch people, but at the same time, like, if you feel threatened, maybe punch someone. Yep. Yeah. I, I understand why you're upset about this, but you also should take a moment to understand why I feel upset about yes. this. Yes. I'm significantly bigger than you, and I was scared, and I knew I could win this one if I tried. Hmm. Yeah, that's haunted. That's Halloween in L.A. It's like all like all holidays in L.A. kind of like overly commercialized and like exactly what you expect from a city that makes TV and movies. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's this is what Halloween is on paper. There's no soul to it. It's all about kind of that surface level Halloween. Mm-hmm. And those palm trees make it really fucking weird. Mm-hmm. Jack Lauren plus palm tree is weird. And forever shall be. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. That does it for emails this week. Thank you for all who wrote in. Um, yeah. You got anything you want to pimp, Jeff? As we close this uh... one out? More people should watch uh, Cabin in the Woods. Sure. Tis the season. Um, Tis the season. Um, I think that's about it. Oh, and listen to a lot of fucking heavy metal. Yes. Uh, By the time this podcast goes up, you'll already missed it, but keep an ear or an eye out, whatever the correct body part is, I suppose, for me and Jeff's uh, Mixer Archive for our trip to go see Guar. I don't know mm-hmm. how long it is. I don't know when that will be happening, but if you're here's what Mixer is, it's kind of a podcast live. There's buried somewhere in the podcast archives a Mixer episode from when me and Jeff drove to go see Dropkick Murphys. Similar thing. I'll clean up the audio some, but don't expect our same level of polish we normally have. It's a fun time, though. Um, We will be doing it before Guar, not after Guar, because we'll probably sound like this after Guar. Yep. But maybe we'll do one afterwards. I don't know. It'll be a fun time. I. It will probably just be us shit talking about Worcester while we drive through it during Halloween weekend. <laughs> yep, that'll be fun. Yeah. But yeah, uh, be safe out there. Enjoy your Halloween because Halloween happens like the day after this podcast goes up. And cue the metal. <laughs>